that one thing and people watch all those shows where they're showing homes it's like oh this will be wonderful for entertaining mm. <laughs> okay right. yeah i know i always get the fucking image of you know it's the living room and the family comes in with a little song and dance entertaining with some crackers uh, and ah fuck suck me hold on a second now I, what is going on hold on what are you calling Oh, hi, honey. I'm just about to start the show. <clears throat> I was Spencer. Spencer was video calling me from, Hi, honey, I'm just starting the show. Say hi to Dan and Fred. There's Dan and Fred. Hello, Spencer. Hi. Spencer. Spencer, say hi. Have a good show. Thank you. Bon bon. Bonjour. Bon bon. I love you. Bon journée. Bye. Love you very much. What what country is your daughter in right now? Paris. I was telling uh, Fred. I just got a note uh, a couple minutes ago. It's very sweet. It says, um, maybe I will say this about every place we go, but I love Paris and I want to live here. (laughs) Yeah. It's, so there you go. You know, it's true. And my son says the same thing. And when he goes to uh, Europe and, I'm, you know, I've experienced it and you will, Howard. Well, I'm sure you did in Italy. You can just feel the difference between Toronto and those European city. The vibe's just different. The feel, the anxiety levels down. You can just feel it. It's just different. Rat race turns into life over there Some. On some level, it's it's interesting. Well, I think that's what Lumbee's experiencing. You know, um, talking yeah. to Jeff yesterday, you know, it's a different vibe. The political discourse is different. The mm-hmm. whatever that cultural tug of war that we have over here about we're right, they're wrong, etc. You know, I don't seem to have that there. Yeah. Well, they have the the immense. Uh weight of history behind those those areas as well right so they they the respect for more of a respect for the old that's there that's standing those hundreds, uh, years, hundreds of years old was built see i think it even goes a little deeper than that the expectation of um sort of ownership and having stuff is is different than there yeah here, here we, we built a society on stuff big homes big cars you know Toys, different there. Um, maybe we'll get there one day. Well, there's that movement. It started a while back here in uh, the uh, Western world about minimalism. You know, getting rid of all your yes. stuff, and uh, uh-huh. and there's something to be said for that. I mean, Dan and I, Dan and I have both sort of move from our matrimonial homes, you know, and had to get rid of a bunch of stuff. I know for mm-hmm. when, you know, when I went from the the big Oakville house to the divorced dad house, I got rid of stuff. But when I came here, I don't know if you remember this, Dan, but I got rid of a lot of things that I had been sort of carting around. And there's a feeling of, uh, it's, a, it's a nice feeling to get rid of all that, you know, literal baggage and, you know, the metaphorical baggage. But, Fred, you, can you imagine all the years that you've accrued all that stuff in your house? And at some point, some of it's not going to make the transition to wherever you go next. 
No. Look at my bubble hockey game right here. <laughs> not going to be able to take it. That's right. Not, that's not going to the home. I got a pool table over there. Where's that going? That's not going to the one room <laughs> retirement residence you'll be living in in 20 years. You better start and, in on that stuff. And I'll tell you, this is a bubble hockey game. Like you would find in bars. I've probably had it for 15 years, and it's like the day we brought it in here. Of good, solid, quality construction. Even the electronics still work on it. How much have you played it? Lately? A lot. Uh, Johnny Slapshot loves it. Oh, okay. He insists every time he comes here, we play. Mm -hmm. But and he's getting good. Isn't it funny, the evolution? You know, no. just table hockey, you got that coordination. Yeah. When he was a little kid, it was like you just had to try and let him score. Now it's like, Jesus Christ. Take it easy on the old man. <laughs> <It's a shit. laughs> Come on, Johnny. Give, give, Pop, Pop, give Pop Pop a chance. I remember I had reflexes like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I know it's funny. A nine-year-old's reflexes are all bendy and such. And yeah. then there's the three of us. I literally walk into I literally walk into something at least once a day. Like where I'm like in it, like you know, I'm like not paying attention, and I walk into like the side of a table or something. But 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 the, I want to get back to the idea of getting rid of your stuff or dissolving or whatever, uh, downsizing. And I was thinking about this the other day. You go from these, you know, we both, all three of us had, you know, homes and you know property and 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 stuff, and then. You know, you think about where we end up as older people, you know, if you ever go into a retirement residence, your whole life becomes smaller as you get older to the point where you're just in a room with a bed and a chair and a small TV. (laughs) You know, at the end, it's just you and that. (laughs) I know you want to make light of this and laugh at old people, but it can traumatize them as well. Losing all your possessions sometimes make old people like hold on to the want to hold on to the most insignificant things because it gets to a point where it's like my stuff is gone. That's mine. And it's almost sad sometimes. Well, I think that you don't want to let go of everything. And I can understand why. Uh, Dan, what did you want to say? Laugh at that? <laughs> first of all, first of all, I, first of all, I brought it up. I was, I know, <laughs> I didn't bring it up to make fun of it. No, before you laugh oh, at old, laugh that up, laugh it. <laughs> what did you laugh? Before you laugh at old people and the plight. I brought it up because I, I, I was thinking about that. How ironic it is you go from nothing and then you create this life and you accrue a bunch of stuff and then eventually you just end up with nothing again. Yeah. But there's also the the point what Fred, what Fred was making there is that there's a you get an emotional attachment to certain right. things because no, they they signify something sure. like the 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 bubble hockey game for Fred will be <laughs> just, probably it'll, it'll just be a bed a chair and the bubble hockey game <laughs> hey, can't let it go Dan yes we have a story and you're aware of it a sad story right beside well. where Dan used to be well where I am on the other side of me opposite to Dan, uh, an old woman named Mary Pitt. You remember us talking about her? She was there for years, and she was uh, a feisty old woman. Anyway, it got to the point where she had to give up her trailer, and she sold it to a young couple that we know. And something in her mind went wrong with the transaction that she thought they were taking possession of too many things around the trailer. So she shows up with her kids one day and she's walking around. Remember, Dan, looking for stuff? Yeah. And then she found half a bag of potting soil under the deck and wanted to take it. 
<clears throat> like it yeah. was weird. Yeah. And it was just that whole phenomenon of like she felt like she was losing too much. And they didn't care. It was a shitty old trailer. They said, take whatever you want. But she came there all that's mine, and that's mine, and well, grabs listen, a half a bag of fucking soil, man. I didn't want you to think I brought this up to make fun of it. I brought it up as an observation of our... I know. You know, the... Uh, and you're a professional comic. You do those things. Well, but the evolution of us as humans is... You know, again, I, I thought of it recently because... You know, I'm in, I'm in this building, and I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here. It's five floors of... Really, a lot of... I mean, even now I have stuff in here, mostly my kids, um, that I'm not going to be taking to whatever is my next uh-huh. stop along the way. Why don't you make fun of that funny man? Well, no, I'm going to ask you. When they... When you... When they take you out of there for the last time, what what item do you think you'll be clutching? Mine! Mine! <laughs> my, uh... What do you... My, what do you think that will be? That'll be my three senior uh, club championship trophies. I'll yeah. be holding them. Mine. 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 No, it'll be the uh, the corpse of my dead dog, Stan. Don't take Stan. <laughs> Stan's the law. Stan, Stan Howard. No, he isn't. No, I like him. Uh, all right, Dan, do you have anything uh, before? We have a busy show today, so we should get started, Dan. Do you have any okay. uh, thoughts from beautiful lakeside there? Look at you. How lucky you are. That tree over your right shoulder, is that on Fred's property? No, no, that's, that's my tree. All these well, trees. isn't my hammock attached to that one? Your what? My hammock is attached to that tree. No, I'm talking about a little Christmas tree, like the one in the right oh, by the that lake little there. little Christmas tree there. Oh, Is that on yeah. Fred's property? No. no. That stands. Is that the direction of Fred's property? Uh, yes. That way? Yeah, kind oh, of. Okay. It's over that way. But that, right. the one over his left shoulder the big tree isn't my hammock attached to it that one yeah no no no, okay. no that's the one on my deck and then oh, okay all right sorry i didn't mean to start i didn't mean to start a whole thing you guys work it out <laughs> yeah but yeah all right it's all around here but you know what when while you're mentioning that i was thinking about this last night when i went out to look at the stars mm. that the fortunate thing about having a place like this is that you know you can uh, it, it 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 does i think we talked about this yesterday it does clear the mind you know being mm. near nature and and just you know <laughs> yeah, wonder of course it, it does you know? the what, whole time i'm there i'm honestly and, and you said this tower to different headspace you know it just seems in the city in Brampton. There's always something on your mind that isn't when you're up there. Whatever for whatever reason that is, it's so true. So, but if you're always up there, is there ever anything on your mind, Dad? No. <laughs> so, so when so because I'm coming up next week, and I had this experience last weekend where I was only up there for a couple. Of, I was at my friend's place for a couple of days, and it really does, as you say, clear your mind and puts you in a different space. But if you're always up there, how do you know if you're in a different space? Dan's been there so long he walks around like Joe Biden. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Dan's is still there. Hey, this is great. Everything's good. It's really cleared my mind. It's cleared it so much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who are you guys again? <laughs> Dan's mind is so clear. Yeah. It's too clear. So in the moment. Anyway, I'm looking forward to coming up and spending yeah. some time. And, and we should have uh, in our little post-show meeting today. We really should decide if, in fact, we're going to do a special show, the three of us, next week. Because, you know, theoretically, this is our last show for a couple of weeks. You know, uh, next week we're off, and the week after we're, uh, we're off as well. 
Well, I think maybe you should bring the main board for all it takes. Yeah. Bring it up, and we'll set it at the picnic table. And maybe one evening or something, after you've had some of your drugs, and I, maybe I've had a couple of snorts of scotch or something, we could... No, that's great. That's what we'll what? do. That's what we'll do. We'll get all high and ang- angry. You'll get all angry. I'll be all mellow. I won't. <laughs> maybe we should do that. <laughs> okay. Because Dad, it's got to be, you know. It's got to be what? The thing is, if we just do a regular show up there, what's the difference whether you're sitting there or sitting here? There's got to be, well, the, the key be some kind of a spin on it. Well, I, okay, but isn't the key difference that we've not done a show in the same space for two and a half years? All right. Oh, okay. okay. I'm sorry. So, I didn't realize we so, needed to get so you need to, you need to smell you. <laughs> What's that, Dan? <laughs> you need to show like uh, the, the fucked up fireside show or something like that. Well, that's what he wants to special. do. That's, I'm fine with that. I don't care. And I don't mean over the top, like slobbering. I just, you know, <laughs> different mood, different feel. All right. So it becomes something other than. If you're not watching it on Facebook, what's the difference whether we're sitting at a picnic table there or sitting here doing this? Well, I thought it, I, I, I thought it was a significant difference, but you don't see that. But that, so, how okay. can I convince you? It does. I don't need to. Well, you explain to me what is the significant difference? I just did that. We've not done a show across from each other since March mm-hmm. of 2020. But if you want to kick it up a notch, I'm happy to do that. Yeah. But you know what we're you like later it, in the day. We get all tired. and mm-hmm. It'd be funny. <laughs> but for, yeah, we would be funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, what, do, what are your recommendations before we start this show? About what? I don't know. What we're talking about. Uh, about uh, doing, I think we should do the show if if that's the uh, the mm-hmm. question. Yes, do a show. One pick, pick. It doesn't even have to be the uh, the a, a long show. It could be a you know short show, just mm-hmm. a half hour. You know, a All bonus right. thing for uh, for the sh- for. All right, let's do that. Course. I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring the main board. I'll bring a microphone and, and whatever. There, there's a couple cables here. Yeah. And I have stuff up there. Dan obviously has stuff there. Mm-hmm. I don't. Think we're capable of doing half an hour, but. Oh, you mean because it, it, well, it's short of a period of time, yeah. We talk for half an hour before you do your intro, for Christ's sake. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I wouldn't need to bring these. Uh, I wouldn't need to bring the speakers. No. Um, I have a few of those here. Anyway. Yeah, we could always. Uh, uh, anyway, we'll and talk about it. Does your board record? Uh, well, it can, but uh, the console has not got a recorder in it. Yeah, no worries. I'm going to bring Because everything else computer. is on this computer. I'll bring everything. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dan. Well, let's uh, let's move on today. We have a lot of stuff to get through. It's email Thursdays, of course, and Dan Duran begins another program, everybody. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the Humble and Fred studios in Toronto and Brampton and from the lusty shores of Lovesick Lake and is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Godide, Godaddy, 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 Health Gauge, and DraftKings. And now here are two men who wonder if they attended the important January 6th insurrection hearings, would there be free food? And are they supposed to tear off the water bottle labels? It's Humble and Fred. Uh, I Thank you, Dan Duran. There's so much stuff to get to today. I don't know how much time we're going to have to spend on uh, the uh, broken country that is America, but uh, thank you very much for participating, everyone. Uh, if you're watching us on Facebook, hi, how you doing? I'm Howard. Uh, no, hey, I how are you? No, I haven't shaved for a while. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, I, 
Sometimes I like to go a week or so and just not bother. <laughs> and then it gets itchy. Uh, so, I, I, I never. I don't know the itchy thing. I don't get itchy. Isn't that funny? I've well, had it's been this a while for over a couple of years. Yeah. Hmm. How does that itchy feel? Like it, like ingrown hairs or something? Uh, yeah. Again, not not so much ingrown, but it just kind of. I find myself scratching. It's, it, but a, a couple more days and it'll get past this stage. Uh, Dave Trafford, uh, former news director of News Talk 1010, will be with us. <laughs> and uh, uh, the Sherpa and the Aragon, uh, vice president, country manager, GoDaddy. What are you chuckling over there? <laughs> I was thinking of you scratching your face with your foot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that image just came to mind. I don't, so you know. weird. Um, I don't even know where to start. Uh, here's something I wanted to play for you, though. And then we got our emails. I wanted to play this for you because I thought, oh, Fred will like this. You know, you ever do that? Do you ever see something and go, oh, Howard will like this? Yeah, you do. Well, this, mm-hmm. is, one of the, this is one of those times. Mm-hmm. It's a, a comic we both like. And uh, his name is Jim Jeffries. Why China is better than America. See, you here in America are the most powerful country that's ever been. You're coming number 27 in education. And that's disgusting. Right? But you're coming number one in confidence. (laughs) So you're breeding stupid, confident people. They're the worst employees in the fucking world. Alright? So this whole we're number one shit, call it a fucking day, America. China's coming to get you. And you can't stop China, mate, because they're number one in education and they're the bottom of the list in confidence. Their entire society rotates around honor, respect, dignity. Do your homework, learn your fucking violin. Isn't that great? Number one in confidence is brilliant, actually. Mm-hmm. I thought you'd like Oh, that. yeah, that's great. Number 20. Is that from, like, his latest? Uh, you know, uh, Frederick, I have no idea where that's from. I just came across right. it on uh, one of the social platforms, and I was like, yeah, that sums it up. They're so stupid. They're breeding. I love that line. You're breeding stupid, confident people. Mm-hmm. It's like the other day, um, I'm reading about cable news ratings, and that show on Fox at 5 o'clock is like, Hands down, the number one rated on cable TV, I think. Forget news, just flat out. And I thought, isn't that something? Isn't is, What a statement on America. You have these five fucking imbeciles sitting there spewing lies and misinformation and, as you say, omitting things. And America's just eating it up. It's crazy. It is crazy. There's, you, you have to, to like that. I'm sorry, you have to be stupid. And it's the number one rated show. And it's funny because I, I didn't really know about it, and you turned me on to it. It's called The Five. And uh, the guy that I can't stand. Mm-hmm. I can't stand him on there. I can't stand him on his own show. Is this Greg Gutf- Gutfried? Yeah, yeah. Gutfeld. Gutfeld. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gut cheese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just find him... You know, because he's not even... It's it's two pronged. He's not very smart, 
But no. to Jim Jeffrey's point, he's so confident. He's funny. Bingo. That's it. it it's and that's what annoys it. That's what you find. Yeah. I think most of us find annoying about that kind of that style, mm-hmm. because you know he's stupid, but he's so confident about what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, same with that Jesse Waters guy. Same thing. Yes, just nonsense. And you'd like to think they know it's misinformation and damaging but they say it but again i guess you know they've got the they've got the market cornered on uh stupid people good on them choke on the money choke on the money i mean if there's a way to kind of tie it in and we can talk more about the news of the day if we if we get to uh, it with uh, dave trafford i'm just trying to judge how much time we're going to need to get through these emails but just quickly to bring back what you're saying and what we're saying about into the january 6th thing you know i didn't watch it yesterday but i did watch a lot of the coverage last night about it so i feel like i'm able to offer this as an opinion i want to get yours quickly what we just said about stupidity and confidence when when you watch what we saw yesterday this guy cipollone who just for context was the is the white house counsel you know, I mean, he's he's very involved and understands, you know, the, the, he's not the president's lawyer. He's the he's the White House lawyer. It doesn't it's not person specific. If you saw my point is this. If we all saw yesterday, if you saw that and still can be still find some reason to support Donald Trump, then there's something wrong with you. And that and that's what you and I were talking about. If you go to Fox's news site. How you could witness and hear what we heard yesterday and not be like, well, maybe today's the day we we start to pivot, then there's something wrong with you. Right. And it just gets back to the stupidity thing. It's there. It's they're laying it out for you. Your response is, yeah, but it's one sided. Yeah. Like we don't have a chance for a rebuttal. You're so you're that stupid that you don't realize all this testimony is coming from Republicans his former aides, people that were supported, supporting him back then. And even a couple of those witnesses that said if there was an election, the election in 2024, if he runs, they'll vote for him. Oh, I know. Still. Yeah, still. But again, it's his people, you know, past, present, that are giving this testimony. Like, do you really need the other side? That is the other side. What are you talking about? No, I know. It's, That's no, what they're holding on to. Yeah. And I, I was going to read you a tweet from Trump, but I, I just want to get into it now. Just, just you know, again, it's there was testimony from Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani and this Cipollone guy who is was right in the room. And that that meeting he described where they were all screaming at each other. Mm-hmm. And, and what you just said, I find so perplexing. If after all that, I guess that's what I was also saying. If after all that, you can still go, well, I guess I'd vote for him because he is a Republican. Well, then you don't understand how broken shit has gotten. Well, I saw an interview yesterday. I think it was Jake Tapper and uh, John Bolton. And remember, Bolton was yeah. part of the administration, and he's completely. He, you know, he's rejected. the one that wrote the book called uh, In the Room Where It Happened. Yeah, so he's rejected the whole trump thing and he said it was unbelievable trump would just he said it was just chaos all the time because the only thing that that guy would accept is what he wanted to hear 
you know, and usually in administration, a president has smart people around him where if he thinks one thing, he needs those brains to tell him, no, look at the other side. And traditionally, presidents will do that. It's like, right, this consensus now, it's best for the country, not Donald Trump. If you didn't tell him what he wanted to hear, he sent you out of the room and brought somebody in who would tell him what he wanted to hear. And that's how he ended up with with Giuliani and that crew. They called the crazy crew or whatever it was. Team uh, crazy, yeah. yeah. To me, the most dis- disturbing part, because I had this image in my mind yesterday, was it was actually January 5th when the crowd started to gather in Washington. He ins- And it's January. He insisted the Oval Office doors be left open so he could hear the crowd gathering. And a couple of times he just stood up and walked over to the doors and like he was just taking it in. Just weird. Weird, weird, weird. You know, he's a 76-year-old man Mm -hmm. who is, I've told you, I've read some books about him. There's Mm -hmm. a 76-year-old man who, you know, again, one of the books goes back to the history of the Trump family. He was born into narcissism and for Mm -hmm. 76 years... He's always been able to weasel his way out of everything, including trying to like, I I know there's no smoking gun. We talked about this before the show started and I want to get to the emails. So one more minute on this. I know there's no actual order from him saying riot and and Mm -hmm. destroy, but we all know that he knew this was happening. But the scariest part for me is he knew the election wasn't stolen. And he kept to this day, continues mm-hmm. to drive the narrative. And as Pat Cipollone said, we all knew we had told him uh, even McConnell said, Mr. President, it's time to move on from this. And he didn't. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what they should be scared of. Yes. And you mentioned emails. We have one email where I forget exactly how the guy says that we'll get to it. Yeah, but, we'll get to it in a second. You know, there's a lot going on in Canada. You seem to be a bit obsessed with what's going on in America. Let's just make this, you know, blatantly clear. If there's a civil war in the United States, which there very well could be if this continues. I mean, you think inflation's bad now? Yeah. You think you think the stock market's bad now? The effect that will have on Canada will be like nothing we've ever seen before. So, you know what? I know this isn't Canadian politics, but it certainly is involves Canadian interest. Big time. I have nothing. That's it. I have nothing. That is exact. I have nothing to add except that. What what my boy Mm -hmm. just said. It's important because this is historical. Mm hmm. This is something no one's ever seen before. And I often say that. Well, everyone says that in history because no one's... Well, but this is, this is that time. I thought the pandemic was it. I thought Trump, you know, the impeachments, whatever. You, I, I even thought the day the riot happened. I thought, well, that's got to be it then. Mm-hmm. But it's not. This is it. In the meantime, before we get to Trafford, let's get Hi to guys. this, everybody. Hi, guys. And uh, Hi we'll try guys. and get through this uh, the best we can. Hi, guys. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com is how you get a hold of us. And uh, we will try and get through as many as we can. Uh, maybe some of them we can just zip through. Uh, we don't need to read the entire things. But let's start with lovely Jennifer Brown. Hi, guys. Love your show. Have been a longtime listener going back to the CFNY days. Just had a thought uh, that all us listeners would love. Why don't you do one show when you're all together at the Tin Palace? I would love to see and hear that. Well, you heard us talk about it at the beginning of the show. Plans are now in uh, in progress for that to take place, Jennifer. 
Thank you. Uh, this one, hi, fellas. I was listening to July 6th, so, 6th, 6th show. And you were talking about live, love, laugh signs. And it reminded me of these two videos. And um, this is from Scott Shields. Any, anyway, uh, it sounds like the, the first one is 45 seconds long. Now, I've watched these videos. They're really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it says it sounds like the over-decorated cottage Howard mentioned. Um, it, it just it's it's really interesting. I mean, he's, he's, he said you also he says you also mentioned you didn't know what your slogan, what our slogan should be if we had one. Well, I've been to a house where instead of live, laugh, love, they had a sign saying eat shit, die. That seems <laughs> that seems right up your alley. Anyways, loving the episodes lately and look forward to when you get back to four shows uh, per week in the fall. Well, that's right. Hi, that's guys. a few. That's Hi, a couple guys. months away. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, this is from our friend Rich Murray, Rich Tunes, uh, our our cartoonist, our uh, animator. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is like double shot power because we talked about this yesterday, or I did. Uh, he sent me, uh, he sent us a, a note about Pierre Poliev and how a lot of his actions are disturbing, and um, he would not ever ever vote conservative if he was the leader. And he mentioned the Patrick Brown controversy. And uh, I said that I had sent that along to uh, our buddy Tony Clement, and Tony really didn't address what Rich had to say. He just sent me this uh, National Post article defending Poliev, and it was it didn't hold much water for me. Uh, but that was the gist of uh, Rich, um, you know, reaching out to us. And, and we mentioned that Rich's uh, cartoon of Dan's penis mm-hmm. is on our Facebook page. I'm I'm gonna, I'm going to quickly zip to the three or four exchanges. So Rich, you know, this has been back and forth with Rich over the last couple of days. He says I was thrilled that Fred sent that to Tony. Uh, then we talked about Rich again. He says thanks so thanks so much for posting the sketch of Dan and devoting uh, seven minutes of your show time to talking about it. Mary and I, this is Rich saying, Mary and I had a lot of fun listening to it, and I'm glad you had fun with it too. You guys are more than just another podcast. You're a part of my life and the best part of my day. Then Mary writes back. Um, the best part of your day, she says. And then Rich writes back, looks like I'm sleeping on the couch, boys. Mary's going upstairs with the Dan Duran picture. And then Mary writes back, what can I say? I like a dick in a tool belt. And thus ends the Rich Tunes and Mary uh, exchange. Thank you to both. Hi, guys. So uh, why don't you skip back up there to uh, if you like The Godfather, Frederick. Yes, uh, this is from Julie, Julie Leonard. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, so I heard Howard mention he likes The Godfather. We just finished watching 10 episodes, uh, 10 episode series called uh, The Offer on Paramount Plus. It's about the making of The Godfather and all the struggles with the series. Great cast. Well worth a watch. We totally enjoyed it. But you've seen that, haven't you? I haven't seen it, but I did tell you about it. I'm going to okay. get I think it's uh, streaming on. It's not Peacock. It's one of the new ones. Maybe it's Peacock. Oh, Paramount. Paramount Plus. I just. Yeah. Oh, is that what she says? Sorry, mm-hmm. I, I had looked away. Yeah, I'm gonna. I might uh, sign up for that. But thank you very much again. Hi and guys. I. Uh, that's one of those Hi ones guys. I'm gonna bookmark for the fall. Hey, uh, Mike Hannafin, a uh, friend of ours, heard Fred mention Dan Bongino and the Fox News Nut Bars. I had a guest suggestion for your show, maybe for the fall. The co-founders of an organization called Check Your Ads. And I think we mentioned this as well the other day. Basically, it's these smart people 
that are not trying to cancel things, but they're trying no. to let advertisers uh, be aware of what they're advertising on. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So, uh, but thanks to uh, Mike Hannafin for that uh, suggestion. And, and I really think we should pursue that. I think that would be a great conversation, how they go about that and what the response is from advertisers. You know, Right on, man. Yeah. Right on. Okay, well, skip down to the line. It says signage and stuff from Big Blue. Yes. Hi, guys. Heard the episode on cabin uh, summer signs today. The attached sign is hanging from a deck beside 10th hole on a Kelowna golf course. And have you seen that picture? I can't. Apparently, the golfers are dropping their pants in plain view with no effort to go behind a tree. I guess having pee-pee. Humble, I got my first full set of golf clubs as a junior at Canyon Meadows in Calgary, where you recently visited. And then he says, Summit Series in Vancouver. My dad was at the game. I love that episode with uh, Jeff Merrick. My dad came home with a hoarse voice and broke an umbrella. He was livid with the poor effort from Team Canada. I wish I had realized the significance of that game uh, when I, uh, you know, and asked questions when uh, I was older. Uh, anyway, what else here? I filled out an online medical form at the place for male or female, which you used to click to correct. There's at the place for male or female, that. which you used to click the correct one, there was only a space field to write in. So I said, I'm male, but I ident- identify as a grumpy old white man. I thought of the two of you when I did that. Ha ha. Very funny. Uh, anyhow, I doubt you uh, will get uh, to the end of this, but I've been meaning to email for a while. The show just gets better and better. And uh, sorry to hear about GFR. It's so funny that our audience knows us so well. When I read that this morning, when he said, Any, anyhow, I doubt you'll get to the end of this. Uh, that's West Coast Millman. And thanks for the uh, well wishes about GFR. Spoke to her yesterday. She's doing great. And... Um, What was I going to say? Yeah, a lot of stuff going on there. And uh, Mm -hmm. a few people have reached out. You know, it's not easy getting through these things. You know, I've had some, uh, you know, difficult moments. But I said I had a nice conversation with Rachel, and she seems to be doing great. And uh, so funny, she was out on the East Coast visiting some friends. And she says, you'll never guess what I did. I'm like, what's that? And then she sent me a picture of her golfing. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah. I thought that was funny. Um, all right, here we go. Hi, hi, hi Fred. Hi this is from Eric Magdich. Uh, hi, Fred, he says. Tell Darren to relax. This is in reference to uh, some hanger steak mm-hmm. kerfuffle. He says, I won't clear out the butcher shop of all their hanger steaks. Because your buddy Fred, or Darren, our buddy Darren, didn't want you to tell everyone where the hanger steaks were. He says, I just want to try something new. And these teriyaker, these ter- those teriyaker... Teriyaki hangers. hangers sound great. If you tell me, I promise not to tell anyone, and I guess you guys... And I did, and it's a place called Burton Meats in uh, Mississauga, I guess. It, uh, it's in the airport Dairy Road area. Uh, yeah, on Rexwood Drive. All right. Darren gave me permission to. Well, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad it all worked out. Hi, guys. Okay. Um, all right, we still got. We you don't we need to rush. We got a few more minutes. Uh, this is from Jeremy Scott. 
How you doing, fellas? As much as I would enjoy Dan Duran's Deck, Docs, and Cock Summer Series, I am starting to think that I want to see the YouTube series Cooking with the Howman. <laughs> Between your pork marinade and your potato salad, I end every show starving. Hey, by the way, the pork chops turned out great, and now it's time to try the spud salad. On another note, the three of you together for a weekend of lakeside hijinks sounds like a blast. Enjoy every minute of it. Jeremy Scott, yes, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, This next one, uh, subject matter, great show, but... He says, hi guys, this is from Darren Coulter. He's a very nice man from Georgetown. He says, hi guys, enjoy the banter, makes the day go by. Any chance you can provide the following timeline? And what it is, is it's a show... It's a screen cap of another podcast that gives a sort of detailed timeline of what they talk about when they talk about it. You got me? Mm-hmm. He says, could you, could you provide the following timeline like that? When Howard gets a hard on when he wants to chat about U.S. politics, lots to discuss north of the border. It would help me skip the U.S. politics portion of the show. Thank you for the feedback. Uh, great show. Enjoy your vacation next week, Darren from Georgetown. And I think yeah, that's, re- the one, that, that's the one I was referencing. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was funny that he thought I was the one that gets excited about U.S. politics. We both do, of course. Oh, but, of course but I think yeah. you explained it like mm-hmm. a couple years ago when we got a lot of feedback from our audience about it. You're spending so much time on Trump and we, uh, maybe we were. But as at the time, I said to you, you know, of all the time, of all the years we've worked together, there has very rarely been one thing that both of us felt so strongly about at the same mm-hmm. time. We've always mm-hmm. agreed with most of our mm-hmm. each other, but that was the it, it was really um, very different for you and I. We both felt so strongly about it. Mm-hmm. Very, I, I, I'm not explaining it right, but you know what I mean. No, there was a passion there, and not only because of what it meant to the world, but there was a lot of comedy around it. Yes, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, potentially. So it wasn't like we were having these, you know, serious, in-depth conversations about politics. It was the circus that we were talking about, and how could you not? And as much as we'd like to talk about Canadian politics, it just isn't as sexy. It just isn't. For whatever reason, it's just the way it's structured. And, you know, our prime minister isn't nearly as powerful as their president and on and on and on and on. But believe me, you know, when justice loses or Justin loses his mind, believe me, we'll be all over it. (laughs) And maybe the word it's it's not sexy or as interesting or as I mean, nothing has ever been as bizarre is when mm-hmm. that orange beast came down the escalator. It's just been yeah. nonstop, unprecedented, and you're right, potential uh, comedy, but also we felt very passionate about it. Hi guys. Uh, this next one's from Hi Peter Azardo. Uh, help me with this. What podcast about the U.S. are you guys talking about? You referenced it a few times on Monday. I think that's the one Dan sent us. Yeah, it's uh, right? from the um, Lincoln project just looked the them Lincoln up on, project, uh, on right. spotify yeah maybe we could share that on facebook well uh, love the podcast by the way a uh, great part is you don't have to take sides to listen it's straight up funny oh loved you on the radio love you even more that uh you don't get interrupted by playing stupid songs wow yeah snow removal 
talking about snow, snow removal machine. Best parody song ever, by the way. Stay fierce. Wow. Stay fierce. And that's from Peter Zardo. Yeah, Pete Z. Pete Z. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to get into that last one from Hannafin. It's another. He sent, he oh. sent this a couple days. It's that Rogers executive who was talking to somebody at the CBC. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they got to the idea of monopoly and uh, the, yeah. the lawyer cut them off. Very interesting. Wanted to shut it down. Um, but thank you very much, everyone. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com is how you get a hold of us. Uh, we'll get to our uh, Gig Sky guest of the day in a second here, Friedrich. But first, uh, we do need to take a little time and talk about these fine folks. Yes, uh, let's talk about our friends at Bodog. Uh, I mentioned this yesterday. Not much has changed. Um, uh, the Open, the British Open, as some people call it. Uh, Rory, Rory McIlroy, the favorite at plus 1,000. What does that mean in golf, plus 1,000? Well, what does it mean in wagering when it comes to golf? Bet 100, you win 1,000. You see, it's not like a two-team thing where you might get a plus 120 or something, right? This is, you bet 100, you win 1,000 if, if you choose Rory McIlroy to win. Uh, and what else we got here? We have uh, Jordan Spieth at uh, plus 1,800. Uh, you mentioned yesterday Tiger was way down there, like 6,000, yeah, 6, or something. Like, yeah, he, he was something uh, like that. So, yeah, Bodog, this is where I'm getting the odds from Bodog. Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and racebook. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. That's Bodog. And uh, just before we get to Dave Trafford, he is our Gig Sky guest of the day. As you can imagine, very excited to speak to him. Look at him all. Uh... Wow, that is quite. That is quite. I didn't even. I didn't. I did not. Ex- I did not expect that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll explain what we're talking about. <laughs> we'll explain what we're talking about in a second. But first, of course, Gig Sky. Just talked to uh, Spencer, my youngest, using the hotspot in Europe this summer. Uh, we got it up and working, and it's it's amazing what it gives you. Whether it's the hotspot or the Gig Sky sim, is a hundred percent data plan. It couldn't be easier. Uber, Instagram, WhatsApp, FaceTime, Gig Sky's got you covered. And somebody uh, reached out to me. I'm going to have to remember where it was. I think it was on uh, Facebook, and they wanted the Gig Sky promo code. It's very simple. HF2022 gets you $5 off your first plan. Download the Gig Sky app today. Go to gigsky.com for more information. And of course, our GigSky guest of the day brought to you by GigSky, the only worldwide mobile data service with affordable rates in over 190 countries. Download the app today for uh, iOS or whatever you're using. Here it is. You know, for many, many years, we worked, uh, I worked in the same building. I'm not sure exactly when, if if and when Fred did. But Dave Trafford, of course, for years, I was the news director of this storied franchise, this storied uh, legacy radio station, heritage station, News Talk 1010. Uh, He was there before it became... uh, I don't know. What are they running on the weekends now? CP24 and (laughs) some (laughs) other knucklehead (laughs) business. Uh, Mm -hmm. He was there when it was still a news station. (laughs) 
Please welcome to our when program. When it had a newsroom. <laughs> when it had a, I remember walking in there, Trafford, and it was like, you. It, it, I remember where your office was. The newsroom was massive. Uh, Dave was there for a long time, and he's our guest this morning. Hi, David. I'm a recovering news director now. That's right. And uh, how? Give us some uh, perspective. Like, how how long were you there, and how long has it been since you were there? Because we've lost track. Um, I arrived in April of 1999, so it was a busy uh, spring that year. That just happens to coincide with when Columbine uh, happened, and here we are, all these years later, still talking about mass shootings in the United States, the disaster that is, uh, you know, going on in Texas in terms of how that whole mess is playing out for those families. It's just awful. Um, but as soon as I got there, I mean, you know, this was a newsroom that had Bill Carroll and Taylor Parnaby and David mm-hmm. Bent and Dave Agar. I mean, holy cow, right? I, here's me walking in there. And... Um, it occurred to me right away within a couple of weeks that we didn't do stuff in that newsroom because the general manager wanted you to do it. And at the time was Gary Slate or the program director. It was because the audience expected it of you. And it was a different calculus, right, in terms of how you performed, how you covered stories. And I learned then that um, yeah, you got to put the audience first, and so that was sort of my my early learnings from CFRB, and um, I, I I you know take that with me now, and it's just such a valuable paradigm to be mm. able to look through the lens of what we do on a daily basis, and the reason your show is is successful because people somehow identify the values of, that you guys express in their lives. You you reflect mm-hmm. them, right? Mm-hmm. So I was there until. Uh, 2010 and then uh, I ended up being the uh, news director and managing editor at Global Toronto and they they uh, I got stupid apparently in three or four years and, and they left me <laughs> um, but then I went back and I talked to Mike Ben Dixon who was the program director at the time at, at News Talk 1010 and I said you know I, I don't want an office job anymore I don't want the, the, the hassles of being a manager in this environment anymore but if you've got something for me i'd be happy to do it and immediately he asked if i would uh, sit in and cover john moore's vacations and i happily did so Uh, i was a little scared about that but honored that he would trust me with that show um and then about a year later um he the moths were going off to uh, run their equestrian facility and couldn't didn't have time to work on seven days a week they weren't doing the weekends anymore so mike asked me if i'd be interested and um i was and so i did the morning show on the weekends right up until uh, just before christmas of uh this past year and just for the record i left on my own accord oh boy where do we begin with this um (laughs) it's just a shell of what it used to be and why did you leave on your own accord because you could see the the as howard's at a great heritage station with a great reputation was crumbling around you like so many other radio outlets in the city? Well, a couple things. Um, Dave, can yes. I just interrupt for a second? Yeah. You, yeah, yeah, can yeah, you yeah. do me a favor? Can you either get right on your own microphone or can you turn it up a little bit? Because I keep having to boost your volume. So Is that any better? Because uh, I'll just tell you why. Because I can see where Fred and I are on this uh, board. If yep. you can just boost yourself a little bit, that'd be great. That's, that's about as far as I can okay. go. How's that? Perfect. Um, so okay. please continue. 
Uh, well, I mean, I think there's a whole lot of things at play here. I mean, I would go back to the year, you know, the, the 08, 09 financial crisis when, you know, we, so many newsrooms were gutted because of that. Um, we'd lost all the local uh, advertising that was so critical to making sure that these stations were up and running. And <laughs> in the course of that, um, that was the time Obama became president, you will recall. And being CFRB, we determined that we needed to be there for the inauguration of at this historic time. I remember that. So we put, so we put a crew together, and Bill Carroll was there, and Ryan Doyle, and I was there, and Tim Parent from Montreal CJAD, um, Mackay Taggart, Paul Gatt was running our show at the time. And uh, so down we go. But a week before we headed down there, uh, Astral, who is now the new owner of the station, we had meetings and they decided that uh, January the 20th, uh, uh, 2009, was going to be a good day to uh, announce a lot of layoffs. And it was right across the country, but a lot of them in Toronto. And it happened while I was in uh, Washington. So I think that day we probably laid off more people in the newsroom than there were in the newsroom when it finally got shut down back in February of 2021. So it, it, it just really kind of fell. I mean, it, when I first walked in that room, there were probably 35 people who worked in that newsroom alone. Yeah. There aren't 35 people who work on the station now. No, far no, from no, it. no, no, no. So, um, well, oh, hang I'm on sorry. a second. I was going to say, I was actually, I came back because uh, Fred and I were in, we, Fred and I were at Standard until 2005 and 2006. We both get fired. Uh, then Gary sells it to Estrell. I get rehired to go work at Boom 97.3. At the time, it was Easy Rock, whatever, 97.3. So I remember when you guys, I was in the building when you guys all went down there. And, and I didn't recall that gutting until you just mentioned it now. But it was pretty severe, and a lot of people got turfed at that point. Oh, yeah. And Jane Brown lost her job. She's now the news director at Zoomer. Uh, uh, David Bent. Um, Lisa Nacarato. I, I mean, you know... Um, I think um, Bill McDonald was among them. So there was a lot of folks who lost their jobs that day. And um, that, to me, was sort of this beginning of a, of a decline because then, the, the, Fred, the, the, the focus shifted away from what the audience expects to what we expect in the corner office. And right. that was a cultural change that I think you were just not going to change that tide again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, this conversation doesn't necessarily have to be about that station specific, because I think it applies, again, right across the country and probably throughout North America, what's happened to radio. It's just ironic to me that it's News Talk 1010. And you you said it a minute ago. They've gutted the newsroom or they've pretty much eliminated the newsroom. How do you have a station called News Talk 1010 and not have a newsroom? Now, I know what they've done. They simulcast a bunch of stuff from CTV, including the news at 6 o'clock at night and 11 o'clock at night. And again, if you sat with these people, they would go, well, it's news and it's, you know, our resource. Why wouldn't we use it? Well, when you're listening to a radio station with that heritage, and the newscaster's talking about something that's visual, like referring to a visual image that people on TV are watching and you can't see it on the radio, it loses me. Do you not agree? Well, I do I, entirely. And I think the, the other side of this is, and it's, you cannot understate the importance of the connection between that newsroom and the talk shows and the producers mm-hmm. in the building. Because if I were sitting in the chair and we had the newsroom to call on, something's come up. I've just seen it pop on television or in my feed. 
I'm on the talk back into the newsroom. Hey, we should check this out. Can you get somebody on the air for us or whatever? Or it cuts both ways, right? This is happening, Dave. Can you interview Fred? Because he's going to tell us all about what's going on and what location. So there was a real synergy there. I mean, and, and that made it more muscular, right? Greater than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. Sure, they've got news at the top and they've got the back on the bottom hour headlines on John Moore's show and, and, and that's fine. But it's, it's that relationship between the newsroom and the programming. Well, I mean, if I can just jump in here, Dave, it. I think what happened was when, when I came to Toronto, before it was News Talk 1010, it was legendary CFRB and, you know, Wally and all those guys. And then when it sort of started to morph into a talk station, <clears throat> it still had the foundation of a news station underneath it. And now it's not really News Talk. It's really it should be called Mostly Talk with some news occasionally. Because now the foundation of the station is, is a talk. It's a talk station. When you were still there, and, and I was sort of, we were around the building, the, the, the underpinning of the, of the station itself still was a rich news heritage. But I don't want to, again, as Fred said, we could talk about this. It could be any radio station. I want to talk a little bit about, though, about your covering news and how that's changed. Because he and I <laughs> spent a lot of time in this podcast talking about American politics. And we just, uh, you know, answered some emails from our listeners. And sometimes there's a pushback. We talk too much about Trump, etc. But what are your thoughts? Because I know that your podcast uh, on the ledge is about Ontario politics. And I want to talk about that in a second. But what's your take on us as Canadians being so fascinated with what's going on in the U.S. and how significant it is and how it affects us Canadians? Yeah, I got that pushback, too. You know, why are you talking about Trump? Uh, who cares? It's, you know, I'm going to get my popcorn and that's going to be the extent of my uh, paying attention to it. And the, the, the challenge that we have there is that what's happening culturally doesn't see borders, right? It's, it just doesn't stop at a border. We, we, you know, you've got the CNN, Fox, MSNBC feeds coming in all the time. We, by, you know, osmosis, we absorb all of that. And that becomes part of our lexicon then politically. I'm not suggesting for a second that we are as angry or disunited as they are in the United States. That's a very particular thing. But somebody said to me, I was talking to a guy, he's a political science professor I have on the show often from Hamlin University. He's also a constitutional law expert. So over the course of all this, he's been a great voice and an insight. And we we came to the conclusion that what's going on in the United States is only they're going deeper into the hole here. And he keeps saying, I don't think we're at 1860 yet, which was the Civil (laughs) War. Mm Mm-hmm. But if we're not careful, we're on that path. So we as Canadians can't just be sort of standing on the sidelines saying, well, is there an over and under when they're going to kind of break out into civil war? That's just not on. If, If there's that kind of social and political disrest in the United States... That is going to affect us economically, culturally, all in so many ways. So, yes, can we overdo it? I'm sure we can. But I think to ignore it, it we do so at our peril, mm-hmm. certainly. So from a, a newsman's perspective, what does it take? Can you even relate? And I, I'm talking about Fox News here. When somebody sits behind a microphone, turns it on and knows what they were, what they are saying is misinformation and a flat out lie. Just to and you talk about, you know, appeasing the audience, you're saying the thing, you know, it's wrong, you know, it's hurtful, you know, it's damaging, but you're going to say it because you're going to get listeners. That's hard to relate to in Canada, isn't it? Because we actually can't do that. 
Well, yeah, you're right. I, I mean, it's a great example of audience first for sure, but not mm-hmm. quite what I had in mind when I brought it up. <laughs> that's right. But that's but what they keep, do. But mm-hmm. to keep in mind, though, you know, we, we and I think to some degree, we in this part of the media, you know, and especially on this side of the border, we'll wag a finger at, you know, Tucker Carlson and talk about what a jerk he is and how, you know, he just lies bold face and he supports mm-hmm. all of this, uh, you know, incredibly um, uh, scary behavior. He has one percent of the total population of the United States watches mm-hmm. that show. Mm-hmm. If we just and I, I don't mean this in a literal sense, but the degree to which we put you know wind under his wings actually kind of elevates him beyond it. He 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 has got that amplification beyond his own station. I mean, the, the degree to which CNN spends time trashing the guy i think what what are you doing <laughs> you know tell me a good story and let's let's move on but I, I i think there's a certain sort of roadkill fascination though on the other hand that we um you, you know what that's it. a great point because in the big picture it is really insignificant um but again the basis of that min- misinformation being allowed to take place is something that fascinates me um that it's actually encouraged yeah, you know, and to to a lesser degree, I think that there's a um, there's a COVID factor here because we are not able, we were not able to, in many respects, in jurisdictions across the country, and certainly in some in North America, able to look a newsmaker in the eye, face to face, and demand an answer. Mm-hmm. We were doing everything the way we're doing this show remotely on a Zoom call or whatever it might have been. And, you know, even at Queen's Park, when we're covering the politics there for two and a half years, the premier was coming out and talking every day. But, OK, Fred, you've got you're up for your first question and a follow up. And that's it. Boom. You're off. Next, Howard. And it, it loses the dynamic of having a live in-person scrum. Because if, you know, the premier didn't answer your question, Fred, then Howard often would step up and say, OK, my first question is, can you answer Fred's question? That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So and we don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. And we have developed a tolerance for this remote reporting. And listen closely to any radio newscast, even some of the television newscast. And I bet there's more news release reading mm. in newscasts than there is actual reporting. And we have we, we're as an audience, we're saying that's OK. So, you know, I, I think there's a real worry there. It's nuanced, but it's a worry. Let's talk a little bit about what you're doing. Uh, Dave left uh, News Talk 1010, as you mentioned, in uh, late uh, December of last year. And how quickly did you start a podcast? Uh, I've been doing it for the last four, four and a half years now. Very nice. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the um, the show started, John Wright and I, John was a, uh, is a veteran pollster. I know, I know you guys who John have, is, yeah. uh, have chatted with him. And um, so anyway, I, we had him on. We were doing the provincial campaign, Doug Ford versus uh, Kathleen Wynn. And I said, why don't we just do it? We'll try and do a daily. And, um, and John was game. So we did the show every day during the, the writ period. Um, and it got really quite good traction and then of course ford comes in and like a bull in the china shop that summer and there was a reason we were typically only going to run the show during the, when the legislature was sitting well you could not ignore the fact that doug wanted to come in and cut toronto's city council in half and all that stuff so we added um keith leslie who was the um, bn bureau chief at queen's park for years He's uh, since retired, and he had time on his hands, and but plugged in. He does a lot of work still with CH Television, and off we go. So that was sort of the beginning of it for me. And um, 
I realized I started paying attention to the guys at Pacific Content who were doing um, branded podcast content have since been purchased by uh, Rogers. And I was watching what they were doing, and I realized that there was a space here in a small way to allow brands, organizations to use podcasting to, you know, express their brand and their values and so on. Mm-hmm. So right out of the gate, I had a couple of um, clients, uh, Habitat for Humanity, the Empire Club, or the, um, the uh, Economic Club of Canada, and a couple of them like that that just wanted to do limited series, talk about very specific mission-based uh, ideas, and it kind of grew from there. So, um, pandemic comes along, and I was working on three different shows, doing the weekend radio show, and uh, I was working with Tony Chapman, and Tony was doing Chatter That Matters at the time, and he calls me and says, "We got a sponsor for the show. RBC wants to sponsor a series to talk about." small and medium-sized businesses that are struggling in the face of COVID shutdowns and so on. And a lot of it was around family businesses or entrepreneurs. I said, great, you know, let's, let's do it. When do you want to do it? And he laid out the format for me and I said, it was like a Thursday. He says, okay, first show was on Tuesday. <laughs> okay, great. So, but off we went and we did that show, but that was the first that lit a fire. So I went from doing two or three by August of 2020. So in about four months later, I was working on 15 different podcasts. Good for you. And all of them came to me. They were they. I didn't pitch a show. They were hmm. pretty much unbidden. So this was a, and you guys already know this. This was an environment that was catching fire for a lot of reasons. There was a COVID factor because the audio on demand was becoming such a, a great way to pass time. But the real eye opener for me was the fact that organizations and companies were seeing value in expressing themselves in this format. So off we went. And then about a year a year ago, I connected with my daughter, and she's you know brilliant on business strategy and digital strategies. And uh, so we set up our Story Studio Network. So you, to be clear, you're hosting on the ledge, but it's just part of the Trafford uh, network of podcasts. You're... I, I mean, I hate to say it, but you're like, uh, uh, you know, uh, another Toronto Mike, if you will. You're producing all kinds of podcasts. Like, he's going to be on in a little while. He will hate that. But, uh, I mean, I, well, first of all, of course, we, we admire it for many reasons, not the least of which you're the first ex-broadcaster we've talked to that's done more than a, a couple of podcasts and went, this is too hard. Fuck it. So, um Good for you. Well, that's for one do- of our sales pitches. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Dave, I'll tell you, you can't. Well, maybe you don't know this, but, you know, in, in the 11 years we've been doing a podcast, so many ex-broadcasters, we could name all the people, you know, that we offered our studio, we offered our production. And when they found out how much work there is, because all three of us used to have people doing stuff for us. But I know you set up that studio. We set up ours. When we were doing it in this studio together, it's like a, you walk, if you walked in here, Dave, it's like a full radio station. The point being, when most people find out how much work this is, they stop doing it. It's not all the because barking into a microphone is what we all do naturally. But all the business stuff, that's the real work of this. And uh, yeah, I was just going to say, congratulations doing for doing it. Sucks. I mean, that's oh, it does. You know, the, yeah. Right. I, that's that's the problem that I have. But but here's the beauty of where I am now. Uh, Aaron has the 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 business acumen. I don't know where the hell she got that. She's certainly not from me, but anyway. Um, but she's got this digital strategy brain that allows us to p- apply several lenses to how and what we're doing. And so, 
you know, we convinced or I convinced people in my network um, about a year and a half ago. I said, I want to do this podcast called The Next Normal and, and how we are going to continue living in the COVID world. COVID will be in the rearview mirror, but the changes and the effects will be generational. So I went to four different people in my network, completely different uh, views of the world. One's a cultural anthropologist, another one's an urban planner, another one's an expert in future of work, and the other one was talking about uh, behavioral modeling around risk assessment. So they each brought their own views to this, and I said, okay, it's your content, I'll moderate, but you're a producer, you're going to bring shit to the table, and we're going to have a really exciting conversation, because it's not just going to be about me talking about the urban planner's idea. No, I get it. The cultural anthropologist is going to say, hey, you know what we find in our research about this, that, and the other thing? And then he pulls it through that lens, and it expanded the, the, the network right away for all of them. And they all said yes really quickly. So I, I called Aaron, and I said, here's what I'm doing, I, and, and I think we're on the right track here. Um, but it surprised me. Like my my radio lizard brain kind of kicked in and said, "This shouldn't work, <laughs> right?" I mean, we were all so so mm-hmm. convinced when we worked in the newsroom that there's no way that you should be asking people for money to sit around the table mm. and talk about. Yes, you should. Well, yes, you right. should. Howard's very should. Howard's very good at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Well, I, and, I found and, out. And I found exactly out eleven that. years. I found out eleven years ago. I don't mind asking people for money. It's kind of fun, actually. Yeah. You touch, you, you touch on COVID follow too. I had this conversation with my wife the other day that. It's funny, through COVID and all we've been through, how many, a lot of companies using COVID now as an excuse for underhanded business practices. Oh, they blame it on COVID. And you mentioned, too, about the scrums and the news conferences. That's never coming back, is it? And it's because COVID allowed them to exercise this new way of protecting themselves from the media. And it's not coming back, is it? You know, and I remember when I was at Global, we all used to bristle at the idea that the premier's office had a DeGero box to broadcast their television, you know, sort of mm-hmm. do their, yeah. their scrums or whatever. And we would all, oh, geez, I don't know if we, we can possibly do that because, you know, we're just taking the feed from the premier at the time. No opportunity right. to ask questions. Now, oh, yeah, whatever. Just fire it up on Zoom. Yep. <laughs> we're good. Yep. Well, listen, Trevor, it. Uh, it, was great, it was great catching up with you. And I, there's a bunch of other stuff we can talk about. We'll have you back soon. I turned, hey, did, hey, Freddie, you know that uh, uh, Dave's related to our boy Bingo Bob? Yes. Mm-hmm. For, for Most people know from our show that Bob was one of our producers in the many, many years we've been doing uh, radio. But how is it that you're related to Bobby? My son is Bob's brother-in-law. And, mm. and the stories that you know, we can get into it another time, but but um, he still talks about the you know, sitting down beside you guys at Bob and Laura's wedding, and you thought it was me sitting at the table because the <laughs> wow. place card said Dave. <laughs> wow, that's not sixteen I, years old. He hasn't recovered yet. I, you can just tell him I've got a long history of screwing shit up at people's weddings. Da- yeah, but that was your drinking date, <laughs> including my own. Dave Trafford, the uh, host of, uh, it's called On the Ledge, but if you want to get a hold of the, uh, what is your company called? Trafford uh, Communications? StoryStudioNetwork.com. Nice. Good for you. And congratulations. I mean that. Both of us have Mm -hmm. great respect for anyone, and you especially, that is able to do this and turn it into any kind of commerce, because that is a very rare feat, my friend. Well, I'm glad to have uh, been 
uh, spending time with you guys this morning. It's good to catch up. Oh, on. we'll do it again, man. Yeah, Please. We'll do it again. And, and mm-hmm. just this is usually the part of an interview where people, if they if they feel it again, if it's spontaneous, where they express admiration for us. Don't worry about it. But maybe <laughs> I won't. I, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Trafford. Good talking to you, man. See you guys. Yeah, there's Dave Trafford. What a holy crap! I had no idea he was doing so well. I thought we were helping him out. Why aren't we on his fucking network? Uh, of course, our gig sky guest of the day. Yeah, that guy knows what he's doing. They're very good, actually. You know, I, I always enjoyed. Um, I enjoyed him as a news guy, but I actually heard him fill in a few times for Moore. He did a good job. You know, and I'll just say this quickly before you comment because Dave. All, it understands his lane, right? He he knows what he's good at, and he does it. As opposed to a lot of guys, they try and, you know... Uh, but I always found him very... That's going to sound weird, but I always found him very competent. You know, a very good broadcaster. See, I love the News Talk 1010 CFRB uh, morning format. Didn't get to hear it a lot with John Moore, obviously, because we were doing this. Yeah. I really enjoyed Dave's weekend morning. I'd get up with my coffee and put on News Talk 1010, and mm-hmm. he did a morning show really? like John Moore, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Well, now that's all gone. I, do you think I'm going to I'm gonna turn on, you know, hey, Google, play News Talk 1010 to listen to CP24 feed? It's not happening. No, you're not. So I'm gone. No. I'm gone. Well, so I'm what would gone. you do? Like, would you... Uh... Like, walk me through. Would you get up? Did you make your coffee first? Get up. No, and then turn on. (laughs) No, but do you turn on the... Scratch my nuts. (laughs) Do you turn the the show on first, then make coffee? Mm -hmm. Or now, would you have a little snack, or would you just have a coffee? (laughs) I'll tell you, it's another shout-out. But I've gone from that to listening to, again, that station out of Halliburton, Canoe FM. It's so down-to-earth and folksy and charming. That that's sort of my weekend morning fix now. Um, oh, but yeah. yeah, before it was News Talk ten ten. Not now. Um, I'm trying to find uh, the, the. I think the Sherpa is going to be on here in a second or two. I'm just trying to find some Sherpa. Oh, there it is. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well. Good for Trafford is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to a Jays game tonight. I'm looking forward to that. We can talk about that. Uh, we mentioned it earlier in the program, or, or did we talk about it before the show? I can't remember. But, uh, uh, yeah. I think we we mentioned it yesterday that we'd probably in, have some good conversation with our uh, our buddy Buffalo Mike tonight from Buffalo. Yeah, the Democrat. Mm. Hey, before we get to the Sherpa, are you going to uh, tell us a little bit about the Chamber Plan? That might be uh, helpful at this point. Yes, wouldn't it, Howard? Yes, wouldn't appreciate it. appreciate mm-hmm. the Chamber Plan, uh, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. What I what I think you should do is go to the Chamber Plan today, chamberplan.ca, and uh, read some of the testimonials. There's nothing like, you know, in that conversation, like, hey, you're part of this. How's it worked out for you? Well, it's all there. And the names of the people and the businesses that have signed on to the Chamber Plan are there, and they got some great things to say about it, how it has worked for their small business. Number one, how it's doable. Because a lot of small business, you know, it never gets out of the starting blocks because a lot of people think it's not possible to have a benefits package for a tiny business 
like one or two employees. Yes, it's possible. Go to chamberplan.ca, find out all about it. You can get a free quote. You know, we're talking uh, prescriptions and dental and travel insurance and all sorts of therapies, depending on the level you buy in at. Yes, possible. Do it today. Chamberplan.ca. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat. Like never before, plus right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Come on. That's right. You make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same game, same game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless because they are now, I'm going to be looking at this to uh, maybe play, say, a wager or two on the Open Championships, which uh, it starts tomorrow. My guide, Tiger, best of all DraftKings, is safe, secure, and reliable. How about this? You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code HUMBLEANDFRED and make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code HUMBLEANDFRED, only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Okie dokie. Must be 21 or older. Uh, new customers only. Minimum $5 uh, minimum deposit. New customer only. Minimum $5 deposit. Okay. Um, I don't want to... Um, uh, oh, here comes Timmy. What's that? Well, I was just going to say quickly, maybe we can touch on it lately. Or later, uh, excuse me. Um, Tiger unloading on Liv yesterday and yeah, Greg great. Norman. And when he speaks, people listen. Because the PGA Tour today is so much of uh, what those guys benefit from are from uh, Tiger Woods. So when he speaks, you better listen. Well, it's funny you brought that up because I I wanted to mention it at some point Mm -hmm. because, as you know, I'm a bit of a fan of Tiger. But legendarily, Tiger has been one of the worst interviews in sport for 25 years. Mm -hmm. But the guy's bright. And as a younger man, he was very cautious. He got burned early on a couple of things he said off the cuff in a you know, famous Esquire magazine article. And he got very, very cautious about what he was going to say. But I watched that press conference yesterday and I actually wrote this down. That is one of the most articulate, intelligent, well thought out um, conversations I've ever seen him have. Mm -hmm. And, And to your point, everyone in the sport for the last, you know, since it happened yesterday, basically said the same thing. It was a real interesting take on why this live golf thing isn't maybe good for the game, in his opinion. And as you said, his opinion counts. So does this man's. Let me get his music, people. That's right. When he talks, we listen. Mm -hmm. He is a retirement Sherpa, Tim.Niblet at RaymondJames.ca. And, uh, you know, I have a very small, exclusive uh, practice as a medical doctor that I think I am. I have a couple of clients. I have myself. I have uh, Niblet. And uh, the last couple of days, I've been in constant, constant contact with my star player here. Uh, he's been having some, uh, what would you call it, some heart issues, perhaps? Yeah. Uh, bonjour, uh, Premier, mes amis. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I got a pacemaker, so obviously it's not quite a perfect organ or whatever there. So uh, I think from the jet lag from uh, being in France last week and being uh, not having nearly as much fun as I normally do with the member guests on Friday, uh, just super exhausted. And uh, Saturday I was running very high heart rate and in AFib, atrial fibrillation, uh, as I still am, but at least the heart rate's coming down. Okay. Oh. That's uh, that's somewhat concerning. We uh, wish you the best going forward. So they got everything under control, and they uh, got it at the right speed, and you're good to go. Well, it's kind of funny, you know, Fred. Uh, thank you. And and it's a concern. Um, maybe the Sherps will kind of clean up his lifestyle act a little bit as a, mm-hmm. as a result, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, cigars are on hold for quite a while, I think, now. And, and wherever mm-hmm. else I can get a win, but... You know, when you go to the hospital and they're super busy and they're absolutely awesome people there. Um, but the second time I went Saturday, uh, they thought they'd solved it the first time and didn't. Uh, not their fault, just the way it worked. And uh, it was seven hours before I even saw a doctor. So I guess that meant I wasn't really that drastic of a... Right on. Yeah. Risk or concern or whatever. Well, I, I think the fact that one of your calls to was to me... Uh, states how maybe it wasn't as serious i thought hey this is great tim's calling me you know I, and I, at one point i said to tim you what, know for I'm a not- diagnosis oh yeah i said to him i said to him at one of our conversations in the last few days i said at one point you know i'm not a real doctor but that didn't matter um but i was i was checking in because we both have had similar but different heart issues and i think we were timmy was just checking in to see if i'd had you know anything like that but let's talk uh, now but listen you look good and, and you feel better today yeah much better thank you very much uh although we already had a landscaper uh, by with a quote for doing some work in the backyard so that might have caused a little more you know <laughs> when you palpitations found, yeah, there, when you uh, found out uh, how yeah. much it was going to cost yeah yeah, yeah exactly right. lorna you know, she claims she's concerned about my health and well-being, but she keeps finding these new projects we need to do around the house. Um, we'll get to uh, some of the stuff you want to talk about. There was a question Freddie had about, um, we were talking this about this yesterday, about why, you know, what's going on with the markets, why they seem to vacillate so much day to day. Didn't, is it, I'm not sure if this is a Sherpa quote or one that we've talked about, but a lot of the, the mark, markets, the stock market, isn't the market, I mean, like, or, or sorry, the economy isn't the stock market. Many people think with the market going up and down, oh, that's the economy, but it's not. It's just an indices. Right, absolutely. Uh, it, it's supposed to be a, a general representation of things. It's never perfect or exact, of course. I, I think the super cool thing, I looked this up uh, for you guys yesterday. I'm looking at AT&T, so you know, one of the largest companies uh, going. They have an average volume of 46 million shares a, a day. Uh, yesterday was only 18 million. But, but their market cap is $148 billion, uh, with a B. So really, their, their price at the end of the day yesterday uh, well, on average, because yesterday was super low trading, on on average is really just a vote of 0.7% of the people who own the company. And and this would be pretty consistent. I, I've checked it out a little bit over the, the years. It's usually in the half percent to 1% at most of companies. So not only is it 
Uh, Fred was asking, you know, why it goes up and down seemingly so much. Uh, part of it is because you're just getting a, a super small vote on the value of these companies, really, and emotion over the short term, uh, the hourly, the daily, whatever, uh, rules things a lot more mm-hmm. than, uh, as Peter Lynch, former head of uh, investing at Fidelity, would say, much more than logic does. Uh, logic wins over the long term, uh, but short term emotion uh, gets weighed in more than it uh, needs to be. But that's a fascinating point when you think about how much a company's value is and how little a movement in the stock market on a daily basis, just what a tiny percentage of, like you say, it's it's such a small sample size. So that answers that question. What about the rest of it, Tim? What are we looking at? Well, I was just going to say, using the same theory, I mean, if I have one good golf shot per round i i could be a pro apparently <laughs> really <laughs> yeah so uh, i'm gonna work with that that is a small is a small sample size when it comes to you and i <laughs> so yeah you know at times like this and, and june was yet again not a great month for people uh july has been off to a good start uh as mentioned before we thankfully uh, have been super successful mitigating risk in in some profitable ways uh, for clients, but but it's still been a down year so far. It's you know uh, these things as as I've said on the show before. Uh, to my amusement, uh, the price of salt dropped precipitously in thirteen hundred and thirty two. Right. So uh, what I try to get across in saying this is. This has happened forever. It's not going to change just because you switch advisors or you invest some new mm-hmm. money or you uh, change jobs or, or, or whatever the touch point is. Um, so, but there's opportunities in it, right? Um, great time to put new money in. Great time to review your portfolio. Maybe there, there are some changes that can be uh, be made. Uh, I know a place you can get a free second opinion, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but also underneath the surface, the fund managers, they're finding prices on companies that they never... Maybe a little hyperbole, uh, you know. Never thought they'd find again, sort of thing, right? So uh, these are the times of the pressure of these situations, uh, disruption pressure creates opportunity, and and uh, there can be a lot of good that comes out of things that in the short term don't seem too hunky dory. Well, that's the silver lining, right? And as you say, uh, stay invested, ignore the the headlines and noise, and and stay rational because. There's good within the bad, obviously. Right. And again, it's just a natural part of the flow, right? So uh, 30 years in this industry as of last June uh, 13th, uh, I've, I've half joked to Lorna. I knew I wasn't going to get out of this uh, without at least one more of these uh, things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, probably, I'll probably experience one more, I think, before I, I hang it up. We'll see. But... Um, <laughs> You know, every time once it's over and they always end and they always bounce back more than they've dropped. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, you you kind of have a little bit of wistfulness that you didn't take enough advantage of this opportunity, right? Like, yeah. 
really, if you think about it kind of logically from a business point of view, when when things are only going up, when things are pretty steady, there's not the same business opportunity that there is during times like this. Mm-hmm. Well, and that, and that's the thing I was going to mention. It's funny you look back and whenever we've come through this and the three of us have as well, uh, we, we have as well as you. But then you look back and go, why didn't I buy more Disney or ABC or any of that stuff that Buffett recommends? Because because I, and I think the answer that I've come up with is when times are like this, we get we get a bit nervous. Uh, we act emotionally. But if we have someone like you, somebody that has sort of a arm's length from our own nest egg that we're trying to protect, that's when I think an advisor really earns their money. And maybe you uh, would agree with that, that it's in times of volatility. It's nice to have somebody to give sort of a. Another way of looking at your portfolio that isn't you and I, you know, like because we 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 have so much emotional investment in it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely right. And and, and emotion, like Fred says about staying rational, um, is just fascinating because you know we keep notes of all of our meetings, of course, and then track how our clients are doing. And you know, a year ago. I was a hero, right? Everybody's up 15, 20 percent, whatever. You're still a hero, and, and all. And I was reminding me, can't average six, seven, eight percent by being at fifteen all the time. But nobody ever called. Okay, rare, rarely do people check in and go, "Hey, my portfolio hit this amount. Thanks." Or, mm-hmm. "Wow, yeah, we're course. up this much. Thanks." But Lord knows when it's the other way around. People reach mm-hmm. out, right? And, and mm-hmm. that's cool, and I respect that. But but mm-hmm. we're just funny. We don't. We don't ingest the gains anywhere near the same way we ingest the paper mm-hmm. well, losses. Well, as, right. as another th- function I perform for Tim is a golf spiritual advisor, and I would say the same thing for our golf games. Very often we put in so much emotion to the negative things that happen on a golf course, and rarely when we get a good break or a ball you know, lips in instead of lips we don't give it the same, we don't celebrate it the same, and yet... We're all in on shit that goes south, right? Boy, ain't that true, right? Uh, speaking of stuff that goes uh, south, I was flipping around. I'm kind of laying a bit low uh, right now, understandably, and uh, went away from the British Open coverage to afflict ABC and NBC and CBS, all of which had the January 6th hearings on. And, and so just out of curiosity, I went to Fox and uh, Maury Povich was followed by Jerry Springer. <laughs> uh, listen, man, we're all off for the next couple of weeks. Um, I'll check in with you uh, before you go to Portugal, but I, I wish you nothing but good health. Uh, Tim.nibble at RaymondJames.ca, and uh, Timothy, we'll see you in a few weeks, early August, I think. Yeah, love you guys. Enjoy your well-deserved time off there. Thanks, well, thank you, Tim. All right, my friend. See you later. There he is, the retirement Sherpa. Are you all, all caught up there, Frederick? Yes. All right, good. I don't know. I'm, uh, maybe when I bring this board up, I can get Dan to help me uh, figure out why. Uh, I just want to help figure out how something with going, going on with my headphones because uh, your level is great. It's not you. It's this board. And, and what happens is I, I hear you in this board at a much higher volume than I can safely hear myself. Anyway, I'm going to get Dan to kind of look at it. Hi, Dan. Hey. Yeah, but I, I'm like that with my headset, too. Everybody coming in 
sounds louder than me speaking out. Hmm. Well, there's a way around that, and Dan Duran, I'm sure, will figure it out. Okay. Daniel. Dan can figure out anything. Daniel. Yes. He's a good man. <laughs> okay. All right. You're running out of steam on this. No, uh, I got lots. We got lots re- of steam left. Really, do you? Yeah, we got a whole other uh, show still to come. We got lots more show, my friend. This isn't it. This is just a pause. Are you are you then doing more of your golf uh, golf podcast? I do. I have podcast? a golf podcast after and after. Uh, as soon as you do your news, we're going to be uh, talking to our friend from uh, GoDaddy. So, uh, you is, know. does anybody uh, react to swing thoughts going? If this is golf. Why are you talking about Trump so much on your <laughs> golf? <podcast?"> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Today's show: Donald Trump isn't nearly the golfer he thinks he is. That big fat orange pig can hardly swing a club. That type of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> that would be funny. We'd just spend forty-five minutes yelling at, O'Con- <laughs> yelling at O'Connor about Trump. He does cheat, though. He's a cheater. He does. does he? Is he? Has he got a, a reasonable golf swing at all, or is he like? Horrible? Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he. Even though I'd hate to admit it, he looks like he can sort of swing a club. He's not. Mm-hmm. It's not completely made up but yeah what he shoots is a lie um dan let's get to the news and then we're going to get to and Aragon of uh go daddy first it's time for this daddy now here's to a fella named dan duran a hell of a guy with a hella big wang the quintessential anchor man his voice is nice and low huh. Dan Duran, the anchorman, comes As for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang, so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low Yes, it is. His voice is nice and low And that's why he's an anchorman Live from Lakeside with Humble and Fred News, here's Don Derue. A Scottish road rager pushes out naked bicyclers. A, na- a naked couple with a lot of spare time on their hands is cycling the length of Great Britain while completely naked in a bid to raise money for charity. Did I mention they were naked? They're naked. 837-mile journey on a tandem bike from the top of Scotland to the bottom of England, trying to raise cash for rewilding and mental health organizations. But a furious driver seemed to have a problem with naked bikers, deliberately knocking them off their tandem bike in Scotland. I guess they barely got going on this thing. They were left with minor injuries after they were run off the road. A female passenger in the car yelling abuse at the uh, couple, swearing out the window. Two swerves later, they're in the ditch. And they were slightly injured. The local law enforcement there were treating the attack extremely seriously. No word on what local law enforcement uh, says about naked tandem biking. Which, which really, when you think about it, how comfortable could that be? Well, the whole thing sounds crazy. I mean, the, the, the bike seats, yeah. nakedness, yeah. and the you know, like well, and the rubbing, seat. and the constant rubbing, and the chafing, and the redness. Well, without support, you'd sit right on your bag. And the older you get, it would be even worse, right? Well, you're all bag. Mm-hmm. Or your or your crack would be, yeah, know, right. Against, mm. <laughs> I just want to remind everyone that we're going to be speaking to the vice president of uh, GoDaddy soon. Right. Really okay. Keep your filthiness down. You know, you too. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I saw in the news yesterday. I think a park in Vaughn, and it's just like 
how does this happen? How do you become this? A woman sitting on a bench, a guy runs out. He was like 60 years old, runs out of the woods, completely naked, ex- except for uh, running shoes and socks, starts playing with himself a bit and then runs back into the woods. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, and somebody got it on video and it just shows the guy coming out and then running back. And of course they blur it out a bit, his privates. But I'm thinking, like, what happens to you when you think that's a good idea? I, I don't know what came over me that day, but I just felt like. <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> I just know, came running out of the woods. Some wrong with the guy and it's like, oh, guess what dad did today? <laughs> that's right. Charlie and Spencer call you guys up. Listen, I, something happened with Pop. He went running through the woods. Just his socks and running shoes. What's that? He had a hat on, too. Running shoes, socks, and a hat. Nothing else. (laughs) And then runs back into the woods and you see him disappear. That's the best part. Because he does it, then he goes running back into the woods like, see ya! Yeah, check it out. It's something to see that video. Um, uh, Mm. Dan, maybe we could tease that you'll come back after our interview. And we can finish off some more news as well. Certainly, certainly. The milk and milk alternative war is what I'll be talking about. And um, there, something happened a couple days ago. Yeah. That I don't know if you guys saw this in the news, but it has to do with somebody having a path for dying on a golf course. Oh. Yeah, that was wild. I saw yeah, man. Craziness. Um, yeah. Maybe we can uh, wrap up the week with that story. But first, okay, let's yeah. get uh, let's get into this because I'm uh, very excited to have uh, GoDaddy back with us. And mm-hmm. uh, I want to make sure because, you know, a lot of stuff happens there on our show. There's and now before we start the formal interview, can you hear us, by the way? Yeah, I'm Howard. This is Fred. Remember us, you know. Of course I do. Yeah, we, uh, we haven't got, we have, we, <laughs> I was going to say, we're not aging well. So it has, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe you've seen this. I just want to make sure, because I know how to pronounce your first name. Yep. How do I formally pronounce your full name? Oh, De'Aragon. De'Aragon. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it right. I yeah, got you it did, right. definitely. All right. Uh, Andy Aragon is the vice president and country manager of GoDaddy Canada. Very yeah. exciting. It's great to have yeah. you back. I want to uh, just set this up. You know, Anne's been uh, involved in high-level marketing and branding. Uh, prior to joining GoDaddy, Anne held a range of senior marketing roles. This is a grown-up human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, where she worked directly with uh, small and mid-sized businesses to drive revenue. Why that's significant. Um, is what we're going to talk about today and is now dedicated to helping other young professionals and women entrepreneurs discover their passions through regular speaking engagements and mentorship opportunities. And I want to talk a little bit today and welcome back to the show, by the way. Thank you. Um, Talk a little bit about how GoDaddy supports entrepreneurs, you know, especially in the post-pandemic world and how important online presence can be. So let's just, why don't we begin there? Welcome back. And what have you been up to since we talked last January? Yeah, I know, right? Well, I think the main thing that's happened is businesses now seem to be pretty much reopened. So we're so excited to see that. And um, I don't know about you guys, but it's just nice to be back and going into stores. Um, So I love that part of it. But what's been interesting is that even as businesses have been reopening, they're still keeping online because during the pandemic, when everything was closed, we saw this huge adoption of online solutions, whether people were 
just using social media for the first time, whether they were building a website for the first time, and certainly a lot of people adding e-commerce um, so they could sell online uh, when they physically couldn't sell. So, so those things haven't gone away. Now it seems to be, it's a world of like, and, right? So it's not in-person or online, it's in-person and online, right? And online is not just a website or social media. It's a website and social media and online selling and appointment booking and email marketing. And, you know, so there's so many things that people have kind of just expanded. And, and when we kind of look at where the growth is coming from post pandemic, and most businesses are optimistic. Um, that's what I love about small business in Canada. There's just the resiliency is amazing. And um, a couple of years ago, we did another survey and we said, like, are you happier since you started a small business? And three quarters of the people said, yeah, I'm actually happier. Um, and 80, over 80% said that they would start another small business if, if their business were to fail. So we know that they have this optimism and resiliency and where the optimism is coming from right now, despite all the headwinds from inflation and rising prices and supply chain issues, uh, they're still seeing optimism more from expanding product and services and, and developing sort of that online part of their business. So, so those are some of the key insights that we've kind of gleaned over the last uh, year or so. And further to that survey, what, what were some of the challenges that uh, the business owners talked about through pandemic, post-pandemic, the fallout from that? Yeah, well, you know, and that's interesting, too, because it's kind of in two camps, right? So during the pandemic, it was really like domestic and foreign supply chain issues. And mm-hmm. the impact of that was that then I cannot serve my customers. And I'm sure you guys have seen it, too, right, just in terms of trying to get uh, products um, mm-hmm. and, and back orders and just these in- incredible back orders. And so that really hurt small businesses just trying to get the materials that they need so they could serve their customers. So that was kind of the main thing uh, during that time. And now it's really um, uh, cash flow, uh, inflation for sure um, would be another biggie. And then just um, the change in consumer spending, right? So as people are shocked by what they're paying at the gas station or the grocery store, they're looking to curtail spending in other areas. And so right now the headwinds seem to be just really kind of inflationary uh, related, um, you know, and just the pinch that, that small business is feeling is, uh, you know, the knock-on effect from that. Yeah, for sure. Um, how does GoDaddy help alleviate some of these challenges and further support small business owners? Yeah, and so I think where we can help, well, there's a number of ways we can help, right? And one is uh, certainly by opening up more channels to selling. And so, like we talked about earlier, it's not just relying on, you know, foot traffic walking into your store or your sort of pre-existing customer base, but there's really now an opportunity to leverage online tools um, to, to get more customers to come in and to sell when you're kind of not even there, right? Mm-hmm. So, so those are some of the key things. But with GoDaddy, you can start like you come onto our site or whatever and uh, a lot of people for the first time they're getting a domain name right and a domain name is basically like you're just reserving your your real estate on the internet and you can the popular ones in canada .ca is like really popular here because it shows businesses you're canadian and then .com can, continues to be the biggie so those are the two most common ones but there's hundreds of others that you can get like dot lawyer dot accounting like whatever your, your specification is and once you got your domain name then you want to build your website and a lot of times people think, well, that's really hard. That's probably really expensive and really hard. Uh, and that's really old thinking, right? And so um, you guys probably don't remember this, but years and years and years ago when you were on the radio, I was, I was in your show a couple of times. And back then it was a very different world. Um, and, and, you know, building a website probably was hard. 
And I remember trying to do one and I was like, oh my gosh, this is just awful. Mm -hmm. But today's modern website builders are really, really easy, right? So you get online and you're like, oh, what's your business? Oh, I'm a landscaper. I'm a dentist. I'm a plumber, whatever it is. You pick a template, you get sort of a really nice design with the right kind of images and the right kind of like copy. And so you can actually look at how the professional copywriters have written stuff and you can, you can use that or you can just change it or you can give, give spark an idea, but there's so many things that you can do. And then you can uh, link your social media into your website platform so that you can manage all your social posts and you can right. see your engagement and your traffic and you can make your adjustments from there. So, and then you can do email marketing out to your customer base. So there's just like, it's a whole different world um, from when I started kind of working in technology when I was younger, like the tools now are just much more robust. So it's been a crazy year and uh, there's still half of it left going, (laughs) looking forward. And again, you know, this COVID thing is still hanging over everybody's head. We don't know what the fall is going to bring. What would your advice be to, you know, owner um, goals yeah. and and ideas going forward for the rest of the year. You know, you're, you're exactly right, Fred. And um, from our care organization, like the people that you call 1-800, you know, the mm-hmm. 1-800 number, they, they are hearing that from our Canadian customers that they are worried about the pandemic resurfacing and more lockdowns. So I would say like you want to continue to kind of lean into how you can build out your online presence so that, again, if you are or do have to be physically closed, um, you know, you've got something to fall back on. And I think some of the key things that businesses need to keep in mind, besides just sort of having an online presence, you need to really think about getting found online, right? So um, that's SEO or search engine optimization. So that when someone looks for uh, your product or your service, and like we know over 80% of people start looking for a new product or service with an online search, and you want to be on page one on that Google search, right? So you need to think about how you invest in SEO, search engine optimization, and there's all kinds of help online that you can do that. And it's all about getting really good content out there and backlinking, and there's a whole bunch of little tips and tricks that you can do. So that would be a main thing. The second would be security, right? And I think a lot of small businesses don't realize that they might be subject to security violations, and it's Mm -hmm. not because an individual is walk, like going around looking for insecure websites, it's really these bots that are just crawling the web, right? And so you want to make sure that you have website security, and that is indicated by that little lock that you see. Yes, um, of course. The website name. So you want to make sure you have that. And then I think it would just be continued. Like if you don't have, if you're not email marketing to your customers, if you're not driving social media to your customers, you should be looking at how you can engage more. So those are kind of be my top tips to sort of, um, you know, make sure that you're you're able to continue to um, develop and expand, and even you know potentially whether another lockdown. Wow, what a great conversation! The vice president and country manager of GoDaddy Canada and De Aragon. I made sure I got the name right. And thank you for you know it's it's interesting you know one. And we talk about GoDaddy all the time. But what I learned today, and I think a lot of people should take away that it's not only does GoDaddy host domain names, but the the interface, how you build your website is all there uh, and it's free to get started. What is the website you'd like us to go to to find out more about GoDaddy? Oh, just go to GoDaddy.ca or just even type GoDaddy and you'll get there. Listen, it's always great catching up with you. I hope you had a pleasant time. I did. Thank you, guys. Fantastic. Thanks, I, I always ask that, Anne, because you're never sure with Humble and Fred. Some people want you know come away going, oh, they're so charming. And others are like, what happened? And thank you. Thank you very awesome. much. Awesome as always, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. You take you care. Later. Thank you, Bye. Anne. There you go. You know, SEO, search engine optimization, how far we've come. Remember back in the 60s? 
SEO was calling your company Acme with two A's. So you'd be <laughs> that's right. So you'd be first in, in the, the phone, phone book. book. <laughs> I know. That's right. That's how you, and many people did that. Oh, uh, yeah. Look, there's our I'm going to be Acme with, uh, Acme, Acme with four A's. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Hi, Dan Duran. Hello. That Hi, was very Dan good. Duran. Uh, speaking of Acme, I think I did I tell you guys when I was at Palm Springs, I saw so many Roadrunners. In fact, the Roadrunner is uh, there's this giant Roadrunner just outside of uh, La Quinta, which is kind of like their uh, mascot. But that guy, the Roadrunners are everywhere, and they don't make they make this noise. They go, yeah, they do. They go, that's the sound. Roadrunner, the coyotes after you. Road runner. If it catches you, you're through. That coyote really is home. Yeah. 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 It was the Acme uh, Anvil Company, right? <laughs> yeah, they were. It, the, Acme was like way ahead of its time because they would deliver shit right out to the desert. <laughs> yeah. And their anvils were great. They did. They had great anvils. They, they could never really hit the bird, but. No. <laughs> and the funny thing right. is, uh, yeah. Oh, there's Toronto Mike. There he is. All right. Dan, do you have uh, another story you wanted to favor us with? I do. I do. All right. And now with his second story, here with a look at the news and his views, is the sunny visage of Dan Duran. The milk and milk alternative war now has them both at the same price. According to the Star, the retail price of milk has increased about 25% between January and June. I don't know if you noticed. And milk alternatives, which are far less regulated, also increased by 31% for some reason. Anyway, why does Starbucks charge 80, 80 cents for milk alternative? You know, 80 cents. You're already spending like uh, five bucks on a drink, and then they want you to spend 80 cents for whatever other, you know, almond oh, milk. Or, I'm sorry to interrupt there, but it, it's very, very, it's clear, because a milk alternative like oat milk or almond milk or rice milk, whatever, you know, it's it's one thing to milk a cow dam, but to milk an almond is very, <laughs> very difficult. Right. Time consuming. It's time consuming. So many. Yeah, you got all the little almond titties. Find their tits. Find an almond tit. <laughs> Yeah, you don't understand that. Apparently not. It. But now, if the retail price is the same, why am I cheap? You know, then I'm not taking my my cow milk. I'm taking, you know, the oat milk. All that oat milk mm. is is like blended up oats and then strained. No, That's really it's all not, that man. Is. You got to milk a titty. That's where mm. it comes from. <laughs> um, that's, uh, my wife is under the almond milk, and uh, the grandkids are drinking the oat milk, and... Uh, yeah. I'm the only milk I drink is in my tea. Um, uh, I've been. You, you, well, you, you don't remember. I, I, I don't know the last time I had a glass of milk. I, I just don't. I drink almond milk every day. I put it in my cereal. Mm-hmm. And have been. I'm, since a, I'm were, off the almond milk. The almond milk. You, you're off it. Why? I'm on, well, because it's uh, bad for the environment. It, it takes a great amount of water, and they grow most of the almonds for almond milk in like California or some. You know. So you uh, would rather uh, use the cow milk, which is destroying our planet, Dan. Well, cow milk is... Oh, I guess you're right about the cow milk. I haven't, I haven't converted from that. But oat milk is pretty good for the planet and everything else. It's just a bunch of oats. <laughs> Wait a minute. So how is almond milk bad? Explain that to me again. I'm sorry. It's a very water-intensive... Uh, process? Not, yeah. Pro- okay. Well, not the process. It's it's just growing almonds. <laughs> takes you? a lot of... So if the I process bring, of growing almonds. If I bring almonds, almond milk to the cottage, are you going to get mad at me? Because I like almond milk. 
No, I just there's things that I don't order that other people that I'm not going to get. Have I ever said anything about this to, to you before? Like, ooh, almond milk in your fridge? Yeah, no. probably. I don't pay attention. Okay. So to next it. time I have a chocolate bar, I shouldn't reach for an <laughs> almond joy. Mm-hmm. I like chocolate covered almonds. Is that bad too? <laughs> well, probably bad for you. you. Remember that wow. chocolate bar when we were kids? Do you remember it was called Burnt Almond and it Love was in it. a blue package? Oh, so good. You don't see those anymore. Burnt Almond. Uh, I told you guys I had Charlie here Monday, and when I was getting uh, the groceries at Farm Boy, they have this. They had a package of uh, chocolate covered sponge toffee. And, mm. I, and I had yeah. that for our dessert. It was something else. Well, that's basically a crunchy, right? Yeah, that's what it is. But, uh, you know, that's funny you brought that up. I I said that to Charlie. I said, do you remember when you would come home from Halloween and I would go through all your candy and pick out the crunchy bars because I love those? Yeah. Is it okay if I bring, uh, uh, I don't know, now I'm so nervous bringing stuff up there. What if it's the wrong stuff? Anyway, we'll we'll work it out. We will. We'll uh, you know we'll do a comparative study on each each ingredient. Make sure it's okay. For you <laughs> what what is going on, Fred? Fred's is rubbing his the head. Wrong like, stuff. What if I bring the wrong stuff? You know, I don't what's, know. what's that mean? Give me an example of the wrong stuff. Well, if I bring almond milk, we we're gonna get. There's gonna be a discussion. No, you'll drink it. I won't. I don't drink milks. So you'll enjoy it. I won't. That's not the wrong. Well, thing. That that's bringing the right thing yeah. for you. Well, okay. I don't know. It's just very nervous up there. It's so many rules, and it's very... Can you bring me some chocolate-covered jujubes? I like that. <laughs> I could, actually. Especially the black ones. Mm. Mm. I actually bought some chocolate-covered pecans that you guys might enjoy. But there will oh, be really none... Pecan? Yeah. I didn't think I was going to like them, but I love them. Wow. Yeah. But they're addictive. Like oh, the yeah. They're so good. I, I remember. Yeah, one of my... Uh, one of those periods when my weight got out of control. I remember I got into this thing at Costco. Where they had the big bags of chocolate-covered almonds at a reasonable price. And <laughs> at night, I'd have a cup of tea and probably pound back 20 of them. And then you wonder why you step on the scale and you're a big, fat, useless pig. That's why. <laughs> Jesus. Easy there, fella. Big, what? fat. Can <laughs> <laughs> I be honest? <laughs> you wonder why you're a big, fat, useless pig. <laughs> fuck me Hey fuck uh, you Fuck you <laughs> <laughs> Fuck I can't wait For this yeah. in person For three days Fuck you <laughs> Fuck you morning. And your fucking almond milk <laughs> <laughs> That's what Fred does First thing in the morning Goes out to the end of his dock And yells Yells to the To the world Fuck you Fuck you Hey um Toronto Mike's here uh, You guys heard that story couple days ago turns out a, an older gentleman 71 year old man was just golfing along and he drove his cart into a pond which we've all done that um <laughs> have we no and uh when i heard it i i thought right away well somebody you know an older person's had a heart attack and probably was mm. like heart attacking while he was zigging into the pond i just what about the guy? Was, well, here's the sad thing. A lot of sad things. So he dies. But for hours, they can't find his body. It's in the pond. That was weird. It was but weird. But those ponds can be pretty murky. Murky, muddy, muddy, deep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they had to go in and, and they pull out his body, right? The hours later, they pull out the carcass of this old golfer. And, of course, I was thinking, well, while they were in there, I wonder how many balls they found. 
<laughs> these guys, they had to send these divers in there. And while they're in there, they're like seeing all these, you know, brand new pro V's. So I thought, I wonder if yeah. they took a few on their way up. Not all is lost. Right. Not all is lost. See, there you go. And how's the, how's the golf cart? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's still oh. functional. Not only that, so and his clubs were probably strapped into the cart. So are they thinking, let's grab the clubs or wait till we pull the cart out? Or I don't know. Uh, and did he have a passenger who survived, or was he in it alone? A lot of things went through my mind as well, Howard. Not as many of a comedic nature like yours. Oh yeah, I had some degree <laughs> of compassion for them. Do you? Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, that's it why could it's be, could be. I was going to say, it could be your father. No, Jesus Christ, could be my brother. Seventy-one, seventy-one, same age as my brother. <laughs> same year. I didn't realize some of those ponds could get that deep, though. That's pretty. That a sinkhole time or something. Isn't well, it? so, well, yeah, I don't know the. Well, what is deep, Dan? What is deep? Well, <laughs> yeah, well, Dan, Dan knows what deep is. <laughs> So, you know, something that you couldn't see a, the, the roof of. Yeah, the that's what I thought, too. I, I thought, well, well, you we, could, though. Oh, you could? That was the weird thing about it, Howard. When I saw it on the news and they showed the aerial view, you could see the roof of the golf cart still under the water. Oh, okay. So, so he it's just a went, crazy yeah. story. So I think you're right. But so many things like, yeah, he was probably having a heart attack, went into the water. But how did he end up out of the cart and not... And they couldn't find him for a couple hours. It's, it's the whole thing's weird. Well, yeah, and yeah, like what about uh, and the guys he was playing with? Did they not jump in after them, or did they like say, "Hey, I'm, I'll <laughs> let me just finish the hole, and then I'll come back and uh, try and find him"? Because here's the thing: in, in golf, you're only allowed three minutes to look for a lost ball. So maybe after three minutes, they went, "Well, okay, time's <laughs> up." I keep doing. keep doing more. <laughs> Keep doing more. And this is jokes. a local story. So, you know, this is a. Lo- this oh, is one it? thing about this stuff like this. This is a local story. Like how sometimes local? you don't have as much fun with a local story because oh, okay. someone, yeah. someone who knows the man could actually be a listener to this podcast. Now, if this happened in Florida or something, mm-hmm. you could just go crazy with the comedy. But this might, might, this might affect someone who actually listens. It, this to this could be podcast. a listener of ours. Yes. And but then I would offer this. uh, I appreciate your your opinion, but I would offer as rebuttal that if you're listening to this show, you're listening for this type of you know commentary. I guess. I guess. I'm sorry. Until it's a until it's a a relative. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's all fun. This is from a guy who four minutes ago yelled, "Fuck yeah!" from the fucking yelling at the dock. Hey, Mike uh, Boone. I'm sorry, Toronto Mike Boone. Everybody, and uh, what a uh, he's the producer of this program. He also uh, did you hear me talking about uh, you this morning with Trafford? Yeah, did did you drop the fun fact that Trafford and Bingo Bob? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, sorry. we did. But I, I had no idea Trafford was trying to be Toronto Mike Junior. Yeah, neither did I. That's uh, good producing for him. podcasts uh, and doing corporate shit. Look at him. I'm quietly go. I was too going under because you know we always talk about how nobody's making money doing this except us. Right. But uh, he he's at least he's found something good for him. No, good for Dave. And uh, it's funny, I was just watching that George Carlin special. I finally wrapped it up last night. And uh, in the just going back to your golf talk, but in that Carlin special, you hear this like monologue by George Carlin going off on golf. Did you? Did yeah, you I saw that. that. Yeah, the the uh, Judd, Judd Apatow uh, documentary. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, he's 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 right. There's a lot of uh, 
land being used for golf courses. That probably anyway, I laughed out be- loud, thought of you. Yeah. I thought you might uh, you would enjoy that. Well, uh, thank you for that. Um, anti-golf pit. Mike, thank you yes, for that sir. because I wanted to, uh, speaking of comedians, mm-hmm. very often, you know, I yell at Dan about how religion is, you know, the, the end is terrible and Dan right. feels terrible because he's a religious man and loves Jesus. Jesus is his brother. <laughs> and um, I found something from Ricky Gervais I thought you would find interesting, Dan. It's Ricky Gervais. You may have seen this on uh, Stephen Colbert. And uh, it's just a quick little clip here, about a minute or so, Daniel and uh, friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, about religion, I thought you would find it humorous, uh-huh. but it's also insightful. Atheism isn't a belief system. Mm-hmm. Atheism. So this is, this is atheism in a nutshell. You say... Um, uh, there's a God. I say, can you prove that? You say no. I say, I don't believe you then. Mm-hmm. So, um, you believe in one God, I assume? Uh, in three persons, but go ahead. Okay, so you believe... Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but there, there are about 3,000 to choose from that have been, you know, people have believed... I've done some reading, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so basically, you believe in... You, you, you deny... One less God than I do. You don't believe in 2,999 gods, and I don't believe in just one more. Right. I thought that was very smart, Dan. You see how he did that? There's yeah. thousands yeah. of gods. So Fred and I, and I don't know about Boom, but we don't believe in any of those. You just believe in one more. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, and after yeah. seeing those photos of the James Webb James Webb telescope pictures yes i mean come on dan seriously jesus couldn't have done all that the james webb my neighbors were going out the night uh, the night before last and it was after just after i'd seen the first images from the james webb a lovely couple all dressed up and they were on their way out and they said hello and they were off to the mosque and that's the first thing i thought of i said isn't that funny they're going to the mosque to worship whoever you worship at a mosque and i was thinking did they see those pictures today wouldn't that be enough to say you know what maybe we won't go to the mosque none of it kind of goes the other way though for you know the 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 immensity the the questions that it 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 elicits because of its the the sheer size is you just can't imagine how any of this got going without a without a guy Without a guy. No, but no, but I mean, yeah, that's that's the thing is like you, you we see those pictures. I don't know what Boone's thoughts mm-hmm. are, but you see those pictures mm-hmm. and you're struck by the enormity, the billions yeah. of years. We're seeing stars that are 13 billion years old. And and yet you would still think, well, one day there was a guy and he said, I don't know what I'll do. I'll create the universe. Mm-hmm. Like, and where did he come yeah, from? Uh, don't you, when you say it, does it not sound ludicrous? Yeah, of course it sounds ludicrous. Uh, but religion does not but hold get up back. Well What's that, Mikey? Religion does not stand up well to critical review. That's no, why it's always shocking to me when mm-hmm. somebody like Dan Duran believes in it. Because Dan, who critically reviews almond milk, can't great seem point. to apply the same filter to religion. Isn't that yeah, a great Dan, point? Yeah. Dan has an emotional attachment to it, so I understand. To it's almond milk? Brainwashing. Huh? <laughs> he has an emotional... No, his dad was a pastor. I was trying to be you know, funny. I apologize. Well, it's, it's it's more about a uh, state of mind as I was, like, as anybody within the family or was raised a certain way. And then, mm-hmm. you know, just sort of it, it's been mm-hmm. kind of part of the core there. I don't believe in all the 
this uh, you know the bible and all the other i, I just i don't know what the answer is but mm-hmm. you know there's so much bs in the bible as far mm-hmm. as you know all the, the politics of the day and then when it was written and when it was you know locked down as part of the bible 900 years after the actual incidents happened i mean it's all kind of weird uh-huh. but um i don't know though there there seems to me there there must be some sort of something there okay a, a god of some no, sort no there isn't there isn't oh, okay. there isn't but, <laughs> okay. but that's cute that you believe it go ahead because I'm going to finish the Gervais oh, no no clip I was going to say I, again I equate it to the second amendment it's like that was written without an AR-15 in mind because they didn't exist. The Bible right. was written without science in mind. And, and you know, which gives us brings us to the end of the Gervais <laughs> clip, which is he <laughs> talks about how <laughs> science uh, trumps religion. Hate to use the word Trump, but here it is. Yes. Do you do, uh, do you ever have a feeling of great gratitude for existence? I know, of course. Do you I, ever have? I know. A, I know. I know the have, chances are billions yeah. to one that I am on this planet as me and never will be again. And I know I can't uh, convince you that there there is a god, nor do I really want to convince you there's a god. But no. I can only explain my experience, which is that I have a strong desire to direct that gratitude toward something or of someone. Of course, no, of yeah. course. And that but, thing is that thing is God. We're more. We don't. We want. We want to make sense of nature and science, and, we, and it's too unfathomable that that everything in the universe was once crunched into some small. Older than atom. But you don't Three. know that. Well, you're just believing but, Stephen but not, Hawking, but, and that's a matter of faith in his abilities. Yeah, yes, you don't know it yourself. You're accepting that because someone told you. Yeah. Well, but science science is constantly proved all the time. You see, if we take something like any fiction. Okay, this is the part, Dan. This is the next twenty seconds. Listen closely. In any holy book, in any other fiction, yeah. and destroyed it, yeah. okay, in a thousand years' time, that wouldn't come back just as it was. Yes. Whereas if we took every science book, yes. right, and every fact, and destroyed them all, in a thousand years, they'd all be back, because all the same tests would be the same result. That's good. So, and, and the gist of it is, you could, you could wipe religion from the planet, and it may not come back in that form. Certainly not now that we all know how the lights are kept on. But science is constantly provable. And that's what he says. You can't prove there is a God. You just feel there is because you read a book when you were a kid, which is great. Right. But, but you can prove science and that we all come from a certain matter. And there is provable facts around science. I mean, like I always say, like... It's been a couple thousand years, you know, since all the walking on water stuff, but we haven't seen any of that, you know, for a while. Where's that all gone? Yeah, yeah. But Ah. then if you go back, when you go back to the start of things, you know, okay, you can science your way all back to the very beginning. But what was the what was the beginning? How did the beginning begin? What happened there? And you believe it was some dude? And where did he come from? What was his beginning? Well, that's another question too. Oh yeah, but that's what blows your mind. That, that's why it's all discounted. Yeah. Because if all of a sudden one day there's this guy creating and arranging all that, where'd he come from? So what do you think? They, were, they well, just sort of it, yeah, happened? Here's what I... Here's big, what, oh, freaking, no. freaky uh, coincidence. Here's what I don't think. I don't think... I actually, let me, let me preface it by saying this. I would believe in religion if there was just one. If there was a one religion where the entire planet had access to, you know, the sky Muppet, if there was just one version of it. But the fact that there are thousands of versions is actually proof for the fact that none of it's true. 
Mm-hmm. Because if it was, there, if it was, because that one thing that you believe started all this, what was the point of splintering into three thousand versions of themselves? You lose me at two things. You got you got this thing is clearly man made and it's clearly unprovable. So even if we all got on the same page, I would be calling bullshit right. on this. Well, of course, <laughs> and and I, as I've often said to Dan and others that you know put up with me is that it was all written by human beings. So that what you believe in didn't come from science. You believe it came it came from a book written by other humans, and that's where I uh, jumped off the train. Well, like I said, I have, I'm not sitting here like, no. I mean, uh, there's a structure to religion and man has been involved in that. And, you know, real, true, you know, Bible believers will go, it's the inspired word of God through the hand of man, basically. But, and I'm sure that's the same with all, you know, 3000 religions or whatever. But I don't know. It's still, it's still the, the beginning of things, the, the immensity of it all, uh, just, just a, a random thing and something that our, we, nobody can wrap their minds around as being infinite. Mm-hmm. If I may, just, real quick here. Real yeah. quick. Mm-hmm. I have a younger kids, so it's all fresh. But do you guys remember that feeling when you were a kid and you lost your tooth? And do you remember that feeling that you were going to put this tooth under the pillow? Mm-hmm. And when the tooth fairy was going to come during the night when you were sleeping and you'd have money? Do you at all remember any of that magical feeling? Like, I still remember that I 100%. You know why I believe that 100%? My parents told me that was going to happen, and I trust them implicitly. I trusted them completely. I was so dependent and trusting of them. And at some point... You know, you start to clue in, you ask questions, and they're like, they let, they let you in on a little secret, okay? And you're like, oh, I, I can't believe I fell for that. Religion is that. <laughs> if you just didn't have yeah. that moment of like, okay, we were bullshitting you, uh, here's the real deal, I'm putting that, you know? If you skip that and you just extend it, that's why, you know, what you believe as a child and you're fed by your parents is so powerful. You can keep, you would believe anything if you were told it from your parents, the people you trust the most for that amount of time. Yeah. And, and you speak of evolution. There's an evolution going on right now. With, you know, churches are closing down on a daily basis everywhere. I mean, the, you know, the numbers of people falling away from it because there's so m- things are s- explainable now. It's just it's remarkable, really. And uh, so it's got to evolve out of our lives. And I think it will eventually. You know, I heard this, uh, I guess I was driving to London a couple Sundays ago, and I listened to CNN, and there was a, to one of those shows where they sort of do like a, a one topic for an hour. I can't remember the host. Really, really well done, talking about the connection of the Saudis and uh, Shigogi, whatever his name is, I'm sorry, the, the, the journalist that was killed, uh, Khashoggi, is that his name, Mike? Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, they talked about the how Saudi society was evolving, but some of the stuff they talked about the the religious basis of that culture was just scary. Um, and I was I was struck again by the fact that religion, which is again the the concept is made up. Science didn't make up the billions of stars in the galaxy. We made up the concept of religion, as Gervais says, to explain things. I've been saying that mm-hmm. for 50 years. Mm-hmm. If this religion mm-hmm. was born out of a time when people had no idea why the sun came up or what mm-hmm. it was or et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. when, I'm, when people talk about religion, not you specifically because I love you, but when they talk about it, I'm like, you're, you're talking about something 
like a movie. Somebody created it. There was a blank page, and then they put a bunch of shit on paper and went, that's God, and uh, now we have a religion. Like, the word religion was made up by people. So what, uh, what reading should we be doing for our religious studies class uh, two weeks when we reconvene? I can't wait to do this for three days. <laughs> Fucking high. Um, Fireside. Let's wrap it up. That's what you're... I get it, man. It's time to wrap this show up. Uh, Booner, we're gone for a couple weeks. Do people know there's lots of best of shows, though? Yeah, lot, there's, you're, I'm going to bury you in best ofs. I'm Love hammering it. away at it right now. Dan, you owe me some new uh, voiceover audio. But yeah, we, yeah, uh, come not on, only two Dan. Weeks. <laughs> 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 only notified yesterday. Had many, uh, you oh, know. yeah, really? Yeah, you need time to wait, write Wait, you script. were notified yesterday, but you weren't able to record the audio because you did what? Didn't uh, replace some rotten because, wood? Well, I was, no, I was learning the weeds. I had uh, my, my, is this a weed? Can I eat it? You know, those kind of things around the site oh, here. So I have no idea what you're talking about. Getting things ready for you. All right. Very nice. Okay. So not only do we're eating weed. <laughs> you you <laughs> can take a picture with an app now. And it tells you what what plant it is. And then, you know, you look it up and see, okay. So that's what you, you did yesterday. Because Howard's coming up and you didn't want him eating weeds and dying around your place. No, it's like pulling weeds. <laughs> oh. no, well, but Howard did, does did like he, his weeds. Yeah, I will, I will smoke some weed. But uh, so you're saying that you, you couldn't record the audio because you were going around your property taking pictures of weeds and decide, finding out what they were. Maybe you do need religion. <laughs> I didn't get on it right away because I didn't think it was like that. It's not uh, that prescient, but it will be done probably today. today. Okay, so Booner, lots of best of shows. We're back. Just want everyone to know we're off next week. That's whatever. We're back on the um, second. So it's two weeks off for vacation, but then it's the civic holiday on the Monday. So you're actually back on the Tuesday, which is the second. So you can easily remember August two for the return of Humble and Fred live. Yeah, we've got a couple of shows, uh, and then and then really, then it's just the end of August, and we're back to doing uh, four days a week, theoretically. Theoretically, yeah, I mean, one week in there, but you, we won't talk about that right now. But yeah. yeah, then we're back to normal. And then after Labor Day, everybody, yeah, back to normal, four shows a week. Hope you guys can uh, maintain that hectic schedule. Boone does four shows. Here's the cool thing about Boone: he does four shows before we finish recording one of ours. Like this morning, we started at seven thirty Eastern time, and I I'm sure Boone has already had like. Can I shout out an episode? So there's been a few pretty cool episodes of Toronto Mike, but I just want to shout out that uh, Leo Rowdens and Rod Black came over here the other morning, and really it was hilarious. They came over, they both sat right here, and it was hilarious because they hadn't seen each other in a long time, and they they're day one Raptor guys. Like they were covering the Raptors from day one for TSN. That's so cool. I'm just saying it's hilarious, man, and it's uh, next to your show. It might be the most fart jokes I heard on any episode of a podcast. You know, that's not fair. We don't, we're not. Next to your show. <laughs> we don't know what I was going to We don't do fart humor anymore. Oh, right? I might, Seriously. You know, classic humbling. Yeah, friend. all right. Um, okay, everyone. Well, thanks for uh, everything today. Thanks to Dave Trafford, uh, Anna Darragon from uh, GoDaddy, Tim Niblett, mm-hmm. Dan yes, Duran, whose best friend is Jesus. <laughs> Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of uh, Lakefield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dan, did you go to Catholic school? No, he's oh, not Catholic. He's Lutheran. Lutheran. Oh, he's not Lutheran. Don't say that. Yeah. Are you yeah. kidding? I don't Lutheran. say that. I thought one thing about religion, right? They hate other religions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Bro. My apologies. Have that. Mm-hmm. 
Name Jesus, different vibe. Well, no, that's the thing. That's yeah. why I said if there was just one, I might have more. I might be more inclined mm. to think, oh, well, everyone believes one thing. But it's like, and it's all ludicrous. We need ben well, Ralph, Ralph Ben Murphy back on the show. I don't think he would tell you the same thing. Spirituality yeah. isn't religion. Book them for your return. Yeah. No, exactly. And faith is, you know, it's great to have faith. I, listen, we've talked about that before. One thing I've learned in Brampton over the years here, like the South Asian community, how many different factions and there's certain little religions and how they despise each other. Like, mm. it's shocking. Like blatant too. Some what some neighbors have said to me about who's moving into the neighborhood. It's like oh wow. God. Even that documentary I listened to. The, the uh-huh. there are certain factions of Saudi society where mm-hmm. they're not religious enough for the super religious ones. You know what well, I mean? Like that's what Ireland I, was bombed up for years because of the Protestants versus Catholics. You got the same. Yes, kind of like, yeah, think about that. Kind of God trifecta there. Yeah, think about how ludicrous that is. Like the Protestants and Catholics fought each other over their interpretation of something that was made up. It's like having a fucking street fight over the Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh shout out to Polly Walnuts. Polly uh, Walnuts, I know. What a drag. Love that guy. He was the best character. So good with the hair. Uh, Dandoran, I look forward to seeing you in person. I, I promise I you I won't, mm. I won't question your faith. <laughs> <laughs> sure you, you will, know. but that's no, no. normal, normal you and discourse. I, no, because yeah. you and I do have one, you know, one thing we worship in common, and that's Star Trek. So maybe we'll just talk about that made-up universe. A hey, producer yeah. question. Are you doing a, a show from this trailer? I keep hearing We might, but it'll be a special. We'll let you know. Well, that'll be one less best of. I'm working on 13 right now. If I'm only working on 12, it'd be good to know that. Um, well, I, I guess if we're going to do it, we have to decide. Well, we'll talk about it after the show because we're going to decide which day we're going to do it because I don't know if we're golfing or not. And I don't, also don't know if I'm staying there three nights. I might just be staying there two nights. Yeah, well, we can do it any time of the day. We don't have to do the Facebook Live. Or yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Do it any time. Mm-hmm. Right, well, well, might be better. That's what I said earlier in the show. You know, we're loosened up a bit and well, maybe a little oiled up. But, well, yeah, that'll be great. High. High. <laughs> That's right. Mm, yeah. And just sit there Even staring if it just turns into space. us laughing and giggling <laughs> like immature <laughs> children, it'd be funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it that'll be... be uh, well, maybe, maybe we'll get... We often reference Darren. Maybe we'll get him to come over. Get Darren over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe we can get uh, Jake the shit sucker too to come over and sit down. Oh, I forgot. But it can't be so late because I don't like it when it gets too many mosquitoes. (laughs) Right. Well, there's a special time. All right, mosquitoes. Then we go magic hour. Uh, Well, there you go. That's a long show, everyone. Thanks uh, again, and uh, we will see you live August second and or next week for a special dock side, super stoned, drunken version. Of the Humble and Fred Show, Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Health Gauge, GoDaddy, and DraftKings. Email us at humbleandfred at humbleandfredradio.com. Like and subscribe. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, when you subscribe, you'll be notified of the Humble and Fred Lovesick Lake inebriated fireside special if we have it. Regular shows return August 2nd. Saw jazz in the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans or just clap your hands or just clap your hands. Where's that?